This is HPR episode 2565 entitled HPR 2017 New Year's Eve Show Part 7. It is hosted by various Creative Commons works and is about 178 minutes long and carries an explicit flag. The summary is Part 7 of the 6th Annual HPR New Year Show. This is the last one. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Amazing to see all this uh, stuff that I did, was using in college just becoming affordable now. 3D printing and laser cutting and uh, CNC and milling. Pretty cool. Yeah, I just engraved some acrylic signs with my hex carve the other day. Turned out pretty good. What you put on them? I was making some signs for clocks, so you know how you see newsrooms with a clock and a city name under them? Yeah. So basically a little sign. So I reverse cut the city name into a piece of acrylic, and then that gets mounted on standoffs. It looks like glass when you polish it. Very nice. And then I also painted the letters with black paint from the other side, so it, it looks like the black is inset into the acrylic. Twenty-seven kilo ohms is not a standard value. Who would have thought? Two point seven kilo ohms. Yeah, two point seven k. That's normal. No, two seven k. Yeah, that sounds unusual. I'm going to hobby-hour.com forward slash electronics forward slash resistor calculator. Link in the show notes. Well, anyway, we continue on. Oh, that's a useful uh, little skin- schematic about the different colours, Ken. Yeah, and the calculator is even better. <laughs> <laughs> yes, folks, I am cheating. Thank you very much. I didn't think there was anything called cheating these days. I thought it was research. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, research that's what student. I call it when I go on YouTube to to do it to look at a teardown video before I start mucking about with a uh, new laptop that I want to strip down. <laughs> I always found that 
kind of strange in exams that, um, especially in engineering exams, that you would need to know the formulas and talk to any engineer and you go, uh, and they would always refer to a manual because you just make sure that they get the formula correct. Yeah. Just I don't understand why. Just give me the, the book. And yeah, like up the formulas. Like yourself, Ken. I started off in engineering, and if we were starting <laughs> to cut a thread, there was no way you'd start on the lathe without having a check with your thread meter in your book and everything, and exactly what set Absolutely, up. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and, and better yet, ask somebody who's who's done it before. Of course. So yeah, it's always strange when you come to an exam and you're not allowed to do all that. I don't know, asking questions, I see so many people afraid to ask questions in work, and you know, what does it matter, you know, just, everybody makes mistakes sometimes, just ask a bloody question, I prefer you to be asking a question than me sitting there like a Nuno thinking you're doing something when you're just stood frozen. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, these days uh, people have lost... Or oh, they've got this fear of uh, of seeming stupid because they don't know what they're doing. But until you've done it the first time, you're never going to know what you're doing, are you? Yeah, exactly. And that was the thing I used to do when I was interviewing people. I would continue on asking questions until I got to a point where you reach the limit of the knowledge. And then it wasn't that I was that concerned about where the limit of the knowledge was because, you know, everybody has different things. It's just what what do they do when they get to a point where they don't know a thing? And, you know, sometimes you, you come up with someone on, who is so experienced, but you give them a question that could only be related to if you were working in our factory or in our industry, which they work in. And then, you know, they start bluffing you and you know, okay, I, I don't want to be working with this person. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I folks, used to like. Just a good answer to that question is, well, I don't know because that's industry specific, but I imagine that and that's a perfectly valid. Yeah. Or I don't know, but I might know a man who does. <laughs> exactly. Even if it's Mr. Google. <laughs> Mr. Google. You only need to be one Wikipedia search ahead of everybody else. <laughs> I heard a rumor of a chap who put up a hotspot in a uh, meeting once with consultants and um, you know, had a, uh, a squid proxy and then was, as things were being mentioned by the consultancy company's manager or team, that the consultants were Googled or going to Wikipedia to find <laughs> out what the term was. <laughs> Very impressive, guys. Very impressive. Brown, brown, black, black, brown. Which I'm reckoning, without looking, is 110 ohm. Nope, 110 ohm. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you putting 110 ohm? Nowhere, because it's a 1K. 
We're going to say the lowest one I see is 220. Well, this thing is measuring uh, 1K. Hold on. How would I get 1K from that? Is the last color brown or black? It's or red? Possible to say. I bet the brown is red. No, they're all exactly the same color. Brown, there's three browns and two blacks. So it's either brown, brown, black, black, or black, or brown, black, black, brown, brown. Brown, black, black. You know what you need is an LED light. <laughs> I do have one, sir, yes. The big magnifying glass. This has 1K. So brown, black, black, brown, brown. Okay, now the question is, do I have 1K here on this thing? Yeah, two of them, right there, just above the little handle thing. So tell me this, Ken. If you have two resistors the same value, and you twist both their ends together in parallel, what happens to the resistance? Divides by two. Very good. And thank you for publicly quizzing me in front of 14,000 people. <laughs> <laughs> you got to make sure you put them in the right direction, remember. I'm, it doesn't matter. I still have you down as doing that uh, bit scope thing. You can pretend to be inaccurate as much as you like. I know what you're trying to do. You're thinking if, I, if you give me wrong information here that I won't ask you to do the bit scope tutorial. A person can try. My wife just says cool in there. I completely don't think it's cool, but I'm just on the humor you type thing. No, of course not. Ah, long suffering. Ken, has your good lady ever done a show? Yes, she has. She's on every single show. She's the intro and outro girl. Ah. But she's also done several shows, and she is working on a series for HBR. Oh, that sounds cool. Yes, it is, actually. What? <laughs> <laughs> I heard the surprise in the background. So yeah. she knows about this series, I think. Yes, she does know about this series, because <laughs> we've been working on this thing for the last two bloody years. <laughs> It started as a uh, request for a article. It was a roundtable request by Lost in Bronx. And then she said, all right, I'll write something about that. And then it turned into, all right, I'll write a little booklet about that. And then, right, this is going to be more a blog post. And then it's, <laughs> then it's the first of a three-part book series. <laughs> so the first book is already written. Well, may I say that the lady certainly improves the audio quality. She improves more than that, that's for sure. She improves the quality of my life. Well, the audio quality is only part of that that we're, we're allowed to enjoy. Yeah, she cooks good too. <laughs> we have three kids and way past any other form of entertainment other than food. Uh, so... uh, yes, but it would get cold on the flight over to Boston. Yeah, no reason you can't jump over here. Ding dong. Red, red, black, black, brown. 
and the brown is way over. So I'm guessing it's red, red, black, black, which will be 220 ohms. Does that sound logical? Yep, 220 ohms. There's only one of them. Another thing you can do is just look at all the resistor spots on your board and say, which one does this seem closest to? You could and do kind that. Of and kind of figure out what it should be from that set. But we have a 26-hour um, after show to pull up with interesting content. Got it. Top right-hand corner. Seems to be bridging the first pin of the. Yeah, it's going from the ground, is it? To the first pin of the monitor or the little LCD screen. Only four more to go, guys. <laughs> no, you can talk about something else. There's no reason <laughs> to be waiting on my resistor thing. <laughs> this is just something I happen to be doing while the show is going on. Yes, we were wondering about the availability of single women in Europe. Well... I presume the invitation to supper would would have said, I know this young lady who would love to meet a dashing gentleman from Boston. I could go there with the whole Amsterdam thing, but... <laughs> <laughs> there are plenty of uh, available people here for every taste. So brown, grey, black, orange, brown, which comes out at 180k. You want to measure that? Brown, grey, what? Brown, grey, black, orange, brown. Brown, grey, black, orange, brown. Comes in around 180, 180k. Yep, yeah, let's see one there. 180 or 1.8? 180. I don't see a 1.8 on the board. I see a 180 down at the bottom plus to the um, terminal pins with the PWM logo. And we interrupt the usual broadcasting for an announcement that we are coming up to, a, I believe, the last time zone. I'm not even sure where that is, but... Um, American Samoa, we, we became the first a few years back. I saw a little article about that. So uh, can somebody take over and tell us where the last time zone actually is? Because I have no idea. Well, it's... Uh, so the next time zone to go in 48 seconds is uh, Midway, and the last one is Baker Ireland, which is an hour from now. So all of you staying up for to be at the end of the HBR show, you have another hour of this torture. Wait, wait, when, uh, you, well, yeah, and there's another hour. Oh, I see there's one at the very end. Okay, yeah. 
So who else has a 3D printer? Not that I, I have, have but... A 3D... Well, I don't have one either, but they're not as cool as, as they once were, surely, because they're more sort of mainstream now, aren't they, anyway? Things being not cool usually means they're cheaper, which usually means I start getting interested in them. Well, po yeah, I see your point. And Tony's flashing up a lot still, I see. Probably a mistake with the client. Yes, Tony probably is about to say lots of stuff and things. No, every time I mention that, I'll be uh, caught in for a show. You're always angling for shows, Ken. Yep, that's me. <laughs> we got 280 fresh <laughs> slots just come available. In one hour's time, there'll be 280 free slots available for your audio pleasure. Not to mention the 280 that will be the year after that, and the 280. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. What was your favourite show of the year, guys? And you don't have to mention, you know, obviously it was the How to Modify an Ironing Board, but you know, <laughs> your second favourite show. <laughs> you laugh. You laugh, but as soon as this, I've done this board here, we're doing ironing with Ken. So, yeah, be prepared. I think my favourite show, and it, and it is one of mine, but the only reason it's one of mine is because I was actually alive to do it. And it's the show that I did po uh, after I had my stroke. Yes, that was a about really good surviving show. my stroke. Uh, <laughs> that was a sobering show, I must say, having strokes <laughs> yeah, in my own family. One. Yeah. Uh, but there's so many good shows. It, it's really hard over a 12 month period to remember. Uh, you know, ones. You know, you'll get one that jumps out at, you at the time, and then within a couple of weeks, there's another one that jumps out at you. I've been liking the tabletop gaming D and D stuff. Yeah, that is pretty uh, pretty new and interesting. I wasn't expecting that to be a whole series, actually. But I think the best show, it's a probably a trick question, the best show is the one that solves the problem that you're working on at that particular point in time, which is why we often get comments and shows that are three, four years old. Yeah, because someone will go hunting around in the archive looking for a solution, a bit like you do on YouTube. Two point two k. I've just been watching a bit of the video of the actual uh, tester. Looks quite nice. A little bit of kit, actually. Yeah, it is, actually. They buy, I saw that the, there was some, some guys had ones that came with the three surface mount components soldered on. I would strongly advise that if you have not done any soldering at all. <laughs> because when you're starting, when you're, when you're building a PCB, you have to start with the smallest components and work your way up. Um, yeah. So you, by definition, start with the most difficult one. <laughs> so, yeah. I think you can also buy them pre-assembled as well. Does anyone watch the pirates, the bilge tank from Pamironi? No. You got a link? Uh, yeah, I can find you one. Um, 
give us a couple of seconds and I'll get you one. Um, they have a regular weekly show during the uh, where they obviously it's part of their sales team as well, but um, shows yeah. new things that they've got for sale. But occasionally they do tutorials on how to solder and you know assemble some of the kits that they do. So it's quite good. Oh, nice. Uh, let me. Uh, I've got them favorited, so uh, I'll go and find them. There we go. Oh, it just disappeared. <laughs> no, you got it. No, it's, it's still there. I got rid of my own. You got rid of yours, did you? Anyone get a new cool kit this year? And yes, you know where this is going. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't get any uh, anything for Christmas, but uh, I went out to the auction a few weeks ago and picked up myself a nice little setting down i3 tower. That's a nice little bit of kit. I like that auction thing that's going on beside you. <laughs> I really am very jealous of that auction house. Yeah, they were selling they were selling some SSDs. Uh, some 128 um, Sandisk Ultras managed to pick them up for uh, 32 quid each. Oh, nice. Uh, they're about 50 quid. 50, 60 quid or something. Um, so I got a few of them. Uh, but it's amazing how you know, useful, you know, four and five year old kit still is these days. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Like I say, a little i3 tower with, uh, I've just stuck the SSD in it, and uh, it's got, um, four, I think it's 4 gig of RAM. Might have, I might have upgraded, no, I think it's 4 gig of RAM, but it flies along, absolutely flies along. 97k, is that a thing? Um, orange, black, black, brown, black, brown. I think you're a bit behind the video, uh, Ken. He's uh, he's got his attached to an oscilloscope. <laughs> har 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 har. In my defence, he did fast forward. So <laughs> by the time we've done truncated silence, everybody will be going. God, Ken is really horsing through that thing. <laughs> Could do a blue beat around it and go on. Here's one I met earlier. You could. Have you got another one pre-assembled? Sometimes I wish I will. I may have to <laughs> buy one pre-assembled if this doesn't work out. A hundred K turns out to be. Do you ever get any of these kits that were missing components? What are you missing? Did you ever get any kits that were missing components? No, the stuff I build, you usually have to source your own parts. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've got so many boxes of that stuff, I can find what I need, usually. 
it's actually so cheap now i got loads and loads of um resistors and capacitors and stuff which is actually why i want to put this together because Want to sort them out, the bad thing is when you take stuff apart and you have extra stuff, that, you know, put it back together. <laughs> yeah, but so long as it works, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I learned that as an early age. Uh, so long as it uh, continues to work, it doesn't matter how many spare parts you have. You just made it more efficient. Yeah, that sounds like when you're pulling the laptop apart and you put it all back together and you've still got a handful of screws left. And at that point, you take it and you shake it. And if it's fine, <laughs> then you just made it more efficient. Now you got a lighter laptop. <laughs> I think from mechanical engineering terms, that's something that you get used to. You know, it's like uh, electronic engineers who don't, after a while, don't worry about the order of the resistors. Uh, mechanical engineers very quickly get used to the, yeah, a few extra components, no big deal. <laughs> An approach I would hope my surgeon doesn't have, by the way. <laughs> It's not, it's not so much the bits left over, it's the bits that they can't find afterwards when they exactly. sign you up. <laughs> oh, I like that surgeon who got caught for a laser engraving his initials on people's livers. Yeah, that was horrendous. <laughs> well, one part of me was going, yes, that's horrendous. And on the other hand, I was thinking, if he had asked me beforehand, dude, can a laser cut your initials on your liver? I go, well, okay. <laughs> go for it. That sounds cool. I think there's only you, Ken. Well, did I did ask the series Supernatural. No, no. <laughs> Actually, the initials are fine. It's when he has to put the Creative Commons reference on there. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, killed by free sulfur. <laughs> Sorry, what was that series? Supernatural. It's a TV show. So it's these two brothers that go around chasing supernatural monsters. And, you know, in this universe, there's, you know, demons and angels and monsters and spells and all this stuff. And so they have certain... Symbols they put on stuff to keep the bad spirits out of this, that, or the other. Well, they have these tattoos that keep them from being possessed by certain things. And at one point in the series, the, one of the angels basically tattoos on their bones whatever this symbol is that's supposed to keep them from being infected by something. Mm -hmm. And that just reminded me of that, of... You know, you're gonna tattoo, you're gonna laser engrave your something on your liver. Well, these guys had that in the series. Maybe that's where he got the idea. <laughs> ah, possibly. The last one should be 170 ohm, but it's 20k. How the hell? Okay, great. Measures 20k. But what we learned is Ken still hasn't a clue how this thing works. <laughs> that is no way that is red. 
It looks violet. Uh, red, black, black. This is why you just can't trust these color bands, bands from these cheap resistors. They just have no... Like this red is nowhere like that other red. It's pink. Well, fine, whatever. Measure everything. Soldering iron on. Don't all talk at once. <clears throat> it's just fascinating listening to your concentration, Ken. It zombifies us all. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I did get a new soldering iron, and that was a good move. Is this the $25 one you were talking about uh, on the review show? How have you even heard that? That was only posted yesterday. Yeah, so I listened to it last night, after it was posted. Dear, oh dear, oh dear. I just went on the web and listened to it. It never uh, ceases to surprise me that people listen to the community news shows. <laughs> I just wanna, I just wanna listen to you uh, slag us all off, you see, Ken, because we're not giving enough shows. That's what it is. <laughs> a form of masochism, then, is what you're saying. <laughs> nah, they, they, sometimes I'll, uh, you know, miss a bit of feedback or something on one of the shows, and I don't like most people. I don't listen to every show, so sometimes just getting a little synopsis of some of the shows is quite good. Yeah, exactly. It's. Uh... So we, I think we're rebooting audio subsystem. I think we uh, uh, we're going to recommend it as as the series to subscribe to if the seventy, if the the rate of shows coming in are sometimes a little bit too much for some people. Yeah, it's a it's a bit like a monthly digest, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Monthly digest that would be the word. Um, and then if you, if through listening to that, you think, oh, I might go and actually listen to the full show on that one. Have you ever done so? Uh, I have, yes. Yeah, occasionally. Uh, I thought, oh, I missed a good one there. The title didn't really speak up to what it was about. Because <laughs> sometimes the titles can be a bit dry and I think, mm, I'm not particularly interested in that. So I don't, bo I don't even bother downloading it. What do other folk think? I've gone back and re-listened to stuff that I hear on the Synopsis show. Or remind me about it and I'll go back and make a comment. Yeah, that's the other thing. Sometimes you'll listen to a show and you think, I need to comment on that show. And then you just forget all about it, and then you remind uh, you get reminded about it when you when you listen to the uh, review show at the beginning of each month. Cool. I'm soldering now, just as by the way. Ooh, components getting fixed to the board. Burned beyond all recognition. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
I don't know if doing it through a magnifying glass is a good thing or a bad thing, because now all my solder joints look crap. But at least you've got solder joints. Now that we're on Monday, I can say this obscene thing. Wire wrap. Yes, do a show. For those that don't know what you're on about, first go back and look, listen to the um, Apollo Guidance Computer one, and then do a show. Can you still get wire wrap? Man, I'm regretting doing that. Gonna try slightly thinner solder. Yeah, that's better. Gentlemen, would any of you know what a standard image used to test image compression uh, software was? No, I don't. It was a famous image scanned from a certain gentleman's magazine whose founder passed away just recently. Oh yeah, this is on the Apollo thing. They use that. Yeah. Got a link to the show notes or will that cause us our clean title? I have actually seen that or similar image used uh, at the AI lab when they were doing some stuff with the 8086 system. Well, where was that again? TechSquare MIT. Back when the 8086 was a hot chip. You need to do a, a few shows on those, seriously. What was the piece of software they were using for compression? Well, they were testing a new algorithm came by and they used this standard image. Right. Now, the fact that it was scanned and probably not registered with the original copyright holder might have been a problem. But then again, this was back in the last century and things were a lot looser then. BBC have that uh, picture of a girl. So it was the um, daughter of the guy who was testing. He just went home and got his daughter and brought her in and then took a picture and then used that. Is that the uh, young lady that sat in the test card? That's her, yeah. I was at the BBC training one time up in um, 
wood 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 loam, I think. And they have the original there, or had at least. That was the best week of my life. It was one if anyone ever gets a chance to do any <laughs> training at their DVB training, it is absolute one week of pure technical porn. That's what it was. It was just <laughs> it was the best uh the best slides were presented, the presenters were if you ever wanted an example of how to put a, a thing together, it was just absolutely awesome. Got a lot of cut little sticky out bits now. I need to get a new pair of snips. And my bill, this is costing me a lot of money, dude. Actually, uh, there the U.S. Air Force Air Guard, actually main out of Bangor Brewer Airport, was flying F-101 Voodoo's. Uh, I I saw proof that the Air Guard, uh, not Apollo, was was the real moonshot. Oh, wow. there was a moonshot in the back seat of an F one hundred one, which makes a phone booth seem like Buckingham Palace. <laughs> I was in a truck that tailgated a jet fighter, so that's when I was uh, merely a high school kid. More recently, about the turn of the century, I was behind a horse and cart. Pardon me, a horse and carriage downtown Boston. Surprisingly, both of them were going about the same speed. I'm making an absolute hames of this, but anyway. You're just preparing it for the show on how to use solder work. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm lowering the bar on King can solder this crap, you can solder better. I'm going to be very shocked if this thing actually works when I'm finished. But... <laughs> when will that be? This time next year? We shall see ye of little faith. <laughs> Truncate silence, I keep telling you, if you just shut up, then it wouldn't look so bad for me. <laughs> Whose idea was it to do it live on air? This is the only time I get to work uninterrupted out in the back room once a year. This new soldering iron does actually make it a lot easier, especially with the small tips. It's really nice to work with. So you're going to do a review of the soldering iron then? I think Dave already <laughs> did one. He has the same one. How oh, oh, does he? I know what you're doing, you know. <laughs>
Still unfinished. <laughs> What's on here? We're into the last half hour countdown. Yes, the last half hour. It's a race against time. We'll get Hish's component tester. And if um, this was a Tlatu, uh, Tlatu's RPG game, it would be, tune in tomorrow! Let's stop <laughs> it right there, shall we? And <laughs> of these half an hour times, I mean half past times at the end, it seems. Twenty-five minutes. Yep. And spoiler: there is no way this is going to be finished in twenty-five minutes. Just no tell. Can you disappoint us all? <laughs> You're starting to sound like my wife again. <laughs> so well, come it on. Reminds me, it reminds me of a good hacker friend of mine, Howard Gus Graydon. Haven't heard from him in years. He had about a dozen kids. Three is enough for me, thank you very much. <laughs> I was going to say, that's a glutton for punishment. Well, his wife was a little short thing. <laughs> and uh, one of his uh, friends, said, English friends, said that small woman, large family, and just laughed. And Murphy laughed louder, I think. He was always teased about people who should get a hobby or change it. Best mate I haven't seen in years. My hand's starting to shake now. That's brilliant. Semi free, why don't you be? I think, if anything, this uh, board is going to be a perfect example of all the ways you can do solder incorrectly. I'm just having a look at this uh, link to the supernatural that we were just talking about, that TV show. <laughs> In a way, it looks like a revamp of Buffy. There's a whole genre of that stuff. Besides, it follows the Hollywood formula. Something new and different with a good track record. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Does anyone else like me doesn't like all the reboots of some of the classic movies? Like what? Well, um, 
the John Wayne classic uh, that they they rebooted a couple of years ago. Uh, oh, can't think of the name of it now. But they seem to keep rehashing old classic movies and doing poor jobs on them. Um, Star Trek for a start. Ah, no, I'd have to disagree with you there. Nope, Star Trek, rebooting of Star Trek was bad. They completely missed the whole point of uh, Gene Roddenberry's stories. They turned it into uh, Star Wars when they did action, blah, 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 blah. Whereas Gene Roddenberry was all about the stories. It's the same thing with The Orville versus... Have you seen The Orville at all? No, I haven't. TV series, well worth watching, The Orville. Um, That is taking the stories and just doing them like stories. Basically... Star Trek The Next Generation without any mention of Star Trek. (laughs) So how does that work? It works by going, well, they messed up Star Trek so much that here's another universe that is similar, but it is completely different. Right. But it's got good stories in it. It's it's like Star Trek. It is more Star Trek than Star Trek, actually. So good. Going away from Star Trek, what do you think of the reboot of Star Wars? There was only ever one Star Wars movie, and that was the first one, and then everything else was a way to make money. I have yet to be dissuaded by that argument. (laughs) I must admit, the original classic is still an original classic. Absolutely, everything else. And if you look at it from the point of view of merchandising, everything after that was just an opportunity to fill the screen with something and merchandise. Sorry, guys. Sorry, all the Star Wars people out there, but we all know it's true. Not that I have opinions on anything. Nah. I often thought it's a pity they never made a second Blade Runner. Or, uh, yes, or a second (laughs) Highlander. In my universe, there's only one Highlander and one Blade Runner. Although I haven't seen the second Blade Runner. And one Matrix, to be honest. The the problem with Blade Runner is that the uh, director rehashed it so many times that I lost track on what was the original movie. Yeah, it's hard to find it as well. You, ha- you need to uh, search for trailer or uh, cinema uh, theatre edition. Thanks, Tlatu Tla- mentioned that at one point theatre edition, and then you get it. Personally, I think it was always meant to have the, the um, you know, the 1940s, yeah, this tall wa- blonde walks past my window type dialogue, because if you if you look at the director's cut, there are suspicious delays as he talks back in conversation. Mm. I just remembered the John Wayne movie I was thinking about, True Grit. Oh uh, yeah, did they rebuild yeah. that? Oh yeah. Uh, they they redid that a few years ago, and uh, I don't know why why they bothered because uh, must... the original. Well, the original's just such a classic. I don't see <laughs> see why why you want to bother remaking it at, at, apart from money because that's all it's about. Oh, there, yeah. I um, used to really enjoy going to the cinema, but uh, since it's turned into a computer game, I think the best moment where that. Where I saw, you know, Pearl Harbor, and you, it followed the bomb down. At that moment, I realized, yeah, move, going to the movies now is just watching a computer game, and you can get better graphics by watching a computer game than. Uh, it just completely takes me out of the movie. The whole 
3D uh, rendering stuff. You know, right. Yeah. If you can't, if your cinema, if your cinematic experience is, oh, look, just go watch History Buffs, the the YouTube channel. Yeah, that that basically <laughs> explains it. I do it far better than me. Yeah, pasting it in now. Yeah, basically for me, cinema, going to the cinema is about the story, and the CGI stuff just completely takes me out of it. And if you want to watch one where that's... Uh, have a watch of his review of the Napoleon movie, and you'll see what I mean. Uh, no, it's not, it's not Napoleon. It's called Waterloo, I think. Right. Is that joining? It's never a good thing to be asking, is it? Alcohol on a toothbrush, you say. More than that. And I'm still not finished. I'm so sorry, Mr. X. I have ruined this board. <laughs> I've ordered one of those cheap microscopes, as if I haven't spent enough money on this thing already, but uh, I will put in some some photos of this in whenever at some point. Oh God, this is brutal. There is particularly bad. Still, it looks nice enough from the front. What next? A cup of coffee. I'm still supping my tea. Yeah, I've got five minutes for a cup of coffee, and then we can close this thing down. <laughs> Till this time next year. Back in a bit. Yep, this is coming towards an end uh, in about eight minutes, I guess. Um, does everybody disappear now as well? No, I'm still here, Sebastian. Uh, anyway, just Kenny disappeared. Uh, anyway, I was wondering, yeah. Tony, I was wondering actually, Tony, who are you for real? <laughs> so uh, I'm yeah, not on Tony, these things that much. Tony Hughes, I've done a few shows uh, over the last couple of years. Um, 
I live in the uh, northwest of the UK in a town called Blackpool on the coast. Oh, right, yeah. Hey, Blackpool. Have you been any of me dog camp, haven't you, and stuff? I mean, dog camp. Yeah. Have you been yeah. told them more? Yeah, uh, for a few years I've worked with Les on the crew at Og Camp. Oh, you on the crew? Okay. Right. El Tony. Wait, what's El Tony? Big yeah, guy I, with I, a yeah, beard. I probably, I may have probably seen you <laughs> somewhere on there, but I don't know everybody at that thing anyway. Doesn't you got IRC names and you got uh, HGR names possibly, and you got you know real names? So it's a bit confusing, isn't it? Yeah. And you come and you and you go to these things, and then you get people going, I t- "Hello, uh, Sebastian, <laughs> I remember you from uh, I got that uh, Canterbury this year." I was like, "Well, yeah." Tell, I was like, "Well, I don't remember Chanju, but okay, yeah." <laughs> yeah, um, I haven't been to Old Camp for the last couple of uh, events. Didn't make it to uh, Canterbury this year. No, but um, there's another one now as well, it seems. There's actually the free node event now as well. All right, when's that going to be on? Oh, you didn't know? No. You yeah, that that was that was good. Um, it's actually near me as well for a change. It's sort of ha- very near me, my local city, you know, sort of having to go off to Canterbury or Brussels for Fosdam, <laughs> which I'll be doing again, which I'll be doing again in a few weeks. But, uh, um, you know, you'll always travel somewhere else usually for these things. And then mm. Freno Live popped up in Bristol this year. If Crystal wants to do an events, uh, or they've got some funding, I think, for this now as well, or what sponsorship or whatever. But um, yeah, so that'll be in Bristol again next year, but it'll crash with um, Bonfire Night Weekend. Oh, right. Basically. Okay. But that was, that was actually quite good. It had people. You know, it has some. It was very vague to begin with what would really happen, um, because just talks didn't come up for ages, and the stands and all the rest of it. Um, but then it came. But then it got quite a few good speakers in there, like Karen Sandler and Deb Nicholson, and some. I think there were a few other ones as well. I think there's a Debian developer, and there was. It says on the website, it got some quite good speakers. Um, stands was the stand actually um sands was it was all right but most people mostly going for the speeches like you do for these things yeah um very nice free node well the the (laughs) the paid free node t-shirt very 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 nice um the the free one was not that good but yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah, that's something else with these conferences, isn't it? It's all about the t-shirt, isn't it? Because I've got so many of them now. I really do. Cause I've been doing Brussels and you know since 2012 as well, and uh, and then every old camp since 2012 once been on as well. And I bought a few online as well. But you know, you get all these t-shirts, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, I've never, just... I've never made it to anything outside the UK. I've only ever made it to UK events. I would say that Brus- I would say Fosdem is worth going to definitely. Um, it's it's um, oh yeah, that's that's the biggest one in Europe. It, it's amazing. It's like out of this world for this kind of stuff, really. Um, but obviously, things like Old Camp are, are much smaller. Yeah, and Free Node Live, but you know, like those events about three hundred people at most. Something like Brussels, on the other hand, we're talking. Over five thousand people every year. Yeah, the reckon that's more like uh, eight to twelve now. Eight to twelve thousand people. Yeah, it's massive. Eight, eight. Was that How much is it there? to go to Fosdem there? It costs zero. You just walk in. Oh right. Okay. The, so that's it's why a free they don't conference. even have tickets. Yeah, you just walk in. 
Wow. And payoffs, payoffs you have to get there, which is going to cost you. You have to stay somewhere, which is going to cost you. And, you know. Yeah. Yes, it's the most expensive free conference I've ever been to. <laughs> well, why? Because all the t-shirts and stuff, or, or just staying, accommodation and stuff. Yeah, there was a time when I fancied actually going over to America to one of the big Linux conferences over there, but I'm not sure I, I, I fancy going yeah. over there at the moment. Well, I think something like Libra Planet would be probably worth going to. That's a free software found, foundation event or whatever. But, um, but yeah, America is a little bit far from the UK, isn't it? And expensive to get to and so on. Yeah. For those of you following along, I'm putting in the transistors now. There's a case <laughs> of reading them and putting them into the right slot. You've got two and a half minutes, Ken. You better crack on. Yeah, if you could just shut up, then I could just I'll edit in the... And I'm finished. <laughs> you should get over to Brussels, Tony, if you can make it, because, I mean, FOSDEM is, is an experience that is definitely worth having when you're into this stuff. As I'm sure yeah. Ken would agree with me as well, because he's been... Absolutely. It's, uh... it's not going to happen this year. Oh, well, you want to plan it, but if you can get over, it is really just amazing to see life where the default is you're normal. And that doesn't <laughs> happen too often. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, it's basically... Yeah, yeah, you hang out with technical people for the most part. Um, I mean, they they do have a um, saying that if you've got a wife or, or something like that and they're not into computers, what you can do as well is you can put them on the spouses and partners talk because they've been running that for years as well, where they, they instead of going to the talks, they go around looking at Brussels and stuff with a tour guide and it's free as well for that, I believe. So That sounds cool. I don't know about the wife not being technical. I'm not technical after this, time. <laughs> although, although I'll, t I'll tell you something, <laughs> which, is, which is a little bit funny in a way. So when I went the very first time in 2012, I, you know, I've never been to any of these open source conferences or anything like that. So I didn't believe, I mean, I traveled abroad and stuff with my family, but not my own yet either. I mean, I've gone to Brussels on my own every year since, but I actually went with my older brother the first 20, year. 30 seconds. And to, to, yeah, and to Fosdam. And uh, he, he, I put him on to the um, spouses and partners tour because he's not, I thought he's not going to want to go around, down the talks and stuff. But um, he, he, after the first day, it was like, no, no, I've got to give the talks. And I was like, really? Was it that bad? And he'd be working in the primary school at the same time as well, so lots of women. And yeah. Um, and yeah, the New yeah. Year show is officially over in five seconds ago, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got 12 seconds ago. <laughs> well, it was a hoot. It was all crazy stuff, and I'm going to continue on putting in this transistor because we don't adhere to arbitrary time zones here. <laughs> well, we aren't having an after show. Yep, this is the start of the after show. <laughs> I, I guess it is then. Um, after show, or whatever.
We're 42 seconds into the after show. The HBR New Year show is officially over, but we're still going 46 minutes in. No idea. You thought I'd stop, Tony. You thought I'd stop. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to listen to your shows, you'd think that you were a nice person. Ah, well, that's just a front. Honest, Ken. Yeah, that's just a front. Yep. I suffer from the same thing. People think I'm a nice guy. <laughs> okay, transistors in. Anyone got any tips on how not to kill transistors when you're uh, soldering them? Uh, be careful. <laughs> Anyone got any well, useful suggestions? The time, there was this thing calling, called a socket. Yeah, I have a few of them coming up shortly. I do believe that I've seen sockets for transistors as well. Actually, what's really weird is to see a thick film solid-state device and realize that that's what your dad had for a type-in. Raytheon worked on thick film devices with IBM for a while one summer. Okay. Soldering, solder is where now. I said it before, can you please do some of these shows? Because this type of show I would listen to for hours, yeah? Just <laughs> reminiscing all about old hardware and stuff. So just start at your, uh, yeah, when you first, about your dad, and then your entire career spending maybe a show per year. How about that? So, Ken, well, wait, Ken, okay, Ken, I'll, so what? Okay, I'll, uh, uh, I'll take that under advisement, I think. I think I got... Got some time open uh, next December. Touche, <laughs> <laughs> sir. Touche. Well, you need the most important time to fill is actually the New Year's show because I know I didn't fill it this year, so I'll have to. That New Year's show and... does not count as a show. Everybody knows this. <laughs> Except so, for my anyway, transistor can... build, yes. Yes, Leafy, go on ahead. Wait a minute, that I uh since I've been sitting here and listening to something or other. Although then again, I'm coming from uh Linux Lug podcast, so if that counts as a show, this does. Yeah, I really enjoyed that show actually. Well, my good boy, if you can, you know, we're available twice a month. You know, the directions are wrong on the website, time right? zone. Yeah, exactly. Middle of the <laughs> night, unfortunately. Ken, so we when are you going to start put, on time? Ken, when are you going to put up the uh, New Year show and and also the after show? I'm wondering. Well, I'm not putting up the New Year show at all. That's honky stepped forward for that one. I will do I if nobody else is going to do it, but yeah. I pity whoever's got to edit all this. Oh, yes. <laughs> good, uh, good. Well, Happy New Year, folks. Uh, I think I'm going to step out and crash or do something creative. You could always uh, make a PCB. We could do it together, like. Yeah, I think I'm going to go, Ken. So, good luck with the rest of the soldering. Grand. And. Uh, 
Yeah, um, hopefully we might bump into each other. I might go to Og Camp if it's available this year. Yeah, hopefully. Try yeah. and bump into you at Og Camp. I'll bring my recorder anyway. And Seb, enjoy Fostem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, you're not going this time, are you? You're, you I mean, you're there. No, no, uh, no, sir. I am, Why but as that? you say, it's uh, yeah, nearer doesn't actually mean cheaper, cheaper always. Well, <laughs> well, but maybe, well, it does probably on a bit, doesn't it? I mean, trains may be a little bit cheaper than going on a plane, for example, from Amsterdam, from Holland. But um, yeah, it's lots to do hotels and all that still. So, final happy new year to all in Hacker Public Radio Land, and uh, see you down the road sometime. Well said, sir. Well said. All the best. Bye. Bye. See you, Tony. See you, Netminer. Um, that's pretty much the end, I guess, really. Officially, yeah. I'll stick on here if anyone joins. Then I'll be more than happy to chat. But yeah, there's, there should be old camp. Uh, well, well, we assume so. <laughs> After what you can't, what they kind of say at the end every year, isn't it? Um, there's also a free node event now, which I don't know if you even knew about. But yeah, I did. That, uh, that's good. Um, yeah, I was uh, considering going to that, but funds, alas. Was it good? Wait, what did you say a minute ago? I missed some of that. Was it good over... And then there was something else you said. What was that at the end? You said you're thinking of going to it, but something. Uh, I was thinking funds, money, cash, financial strapped. No, not uh, not having enough financial resources to do it. Oh, right, yeah. Well, this time it was... I didn't really have a problem as such because it's in my nearby city for a change, you know? So that was great. Just get a bus down, get a bus back, stay in the place, you know. But because normally you have to go off to like Brussels yeah, or, exactly, yeah. or Liverpool or, or you know somewhere else far away, yeah. But that's that's on next year. Uh, oh well, this year I can say now it's twenty eighteen. That's that'll be on this year as well. And you did quite good. Um, the uh, bonfire night weekend. Oh. Um, the. But I had like some good speakers there. I had Karen Sander, Deb Nicholson, um, some, I mean, it's all on the website really, but like, some Debian guy, I believe, there were the, the stand. Um, got people like Popey there as well, doing the Ubuntu stand, but I was doing one for the lug. Ubuntu had a stand? Uh, yes, yeah. We we had a stand as well in our Linux user group because we are the local, well, I insisted on that, <laughs> that we should probably okay. have a stand. So did a little speech thing as well. It'd be a bit like, embarrassing like, otherwise, wouldn't it, on your own turf? Like you talk. Well, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're meant to be the Linux user group, so it was like, uh, yeah, we should probably have a stand there, really. So I got so I got two people to help us. Although it was a little bit disappointing running stands there because at least when I, we were there, to be fair, none of us were there hundred percent of the time, but. It wasn't like Fosdem where you know people really do influx and go all over the stands and stand, 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 stand. Here it's like they come around the stands a bit, but they really are there for talks most of the time and it showed everywhere. So, that, but that's those how it goes with these small events, doesn't it? Sort of old camp number, yeah, I think about three hundred people or whatever. But yeah, it was a shame. It was a shame. It was it went like that in a way, but it was good to do that. Um, and it was very nice that it was actually in Bristol for a change instead of going off somewhere else, like I just said. Sorry oh, for yeah. the delays in between them soldering as we go. So, no, that's cool. But you all always realise that even if it's a small thing and, you know, there's not that much traffic, you still 
can have that impact for your project, you know. So always a good thing. Yeah, the, the other thing is, I mean, Bristol generally is quite a nice city in England. It's, um, you know, it's got nightlife. It's got it's got tourist attractions. It's got my sister-in-law. Oh, oh, you oh, you got sister? <laughs> okay, well, yeah. Have you been to see been to Bristol? Have you yourself? No, it happens, but um, she lives there with her kids and stuff. So. But yeah, it's quite a nice city. It's quite safe and all the rest of it, generally speaking, for the most part. Although some parts are slightly a bit more run down and all this, you know, more homeless people and so on, all, all that kind of stuff. And um, I went up, I took somebody to a, <laughs> that I know on, online for a few years, I took him up to a vegan cafe up up, up, up there and uh, he got a little bit scared up there because of, you know, you, can, like, you really see the change of area and stuff. And, uh, yeah, but um, what was interesting later on is how I hear about these Americans who had come over from, you know, various places in America and how they were just talking how safe it was, how they'd been down all the dodgy alleys late at night, it sounded like, and obviously nothing had happened. <laughs> and, you know, that's that really shows a difference. And some of them were saying how, like, one guy it was his first time outside of America as well, and he was like, mm. he was like, he was like oh, Bristol is... Oh, and Bristol is so it seems so amazing compared to where I've I've come from, sort of thing. It's so safe. It's so this. It's so that. And he was like, "Oh, he's so lucky to kind of live live around here." And but I thought it was very interesting because it really showed a difference. Um, it just you know just showed showed a difference, and that that was great as well. I thought. Yeah, but you have to remember that America is a massive big place and what goes in one place does not necessarily go in the other. I mean, I've been to places in the States where everybody's door is open and they know everybody in the neighborhood and, you know, small towns. And, well, well, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, but this guy had come from places where, they, you know, they've gun, have a gun issue <laughs> and so on, really, or so it sounds like, you know, one of those places. Um... Again, they would argue there's no such thing as a gun issue. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, enough about guns. I'm sure that's been covered in detail on the while I was asleep. I'm well, now putting in the I'm now putting in the uh, ceramic capacitors for those of you following along. Cool. Yeah, they probably talked. They probably talked about that over. Yeah, but I was just saying in general um, a bit. But yeah. Oh, and um, uh, do you know where all camp's going to be? I have no idea. However, I expect it's going to be somewhere in England. That doesn't really <laughs> tell us much because it's That's a bit really of a giveaway, all right? Yeah. Uh, I, you know, it's not going to be up in Scotland. Very unlikely, I, and it's probably not going to end up in Wales. Although somewhere like Cardiff, I think you could put an old camp. To be honest, it's not too bad. But obviously, but yeah, it's going to be in England. I would have thought, and hopefully a bit more south, so it's nearer to me. But that depends a little bit, even with the south, because of how it's done. Because even Can because I mean southwest Bristol and then Canterbury is still a good four hours away. That southeast. Tony was meant to, mentioning northeast. Oh, north northeast could be. That's where he said he was from, wasn't it? Though Blackpool, he said Blackpool's quite yeah. far for most people. I think everything's relative, sir. If you're from Blackpool, I guess it's very close. Plus the trains have got are going up again, that's what I had. It is amazing how relaxing this doing this board is. It reminds me of uh have you ever put a Lego set together? Wait a minute, doing what board did you say? 
Yeah, I've done Lego, but that's been <laughs> that's been a long time. I've been putting a uh, kit together, a electronics tester kit, uh, as recommended by My Bill on one of the shows, and he challenged me to do one of these kits. So I bought it, and I have been now assembling it for the last near on three hours. <laughs> seems seems longer than that. Started yesterday afternoon, but it is uh, quite relaxing. Oh right, yeah, yeah. You ever remember the feeling? Uh, the feeling that you get while doing it is similar to um, to putting a Lego kit together, something like that. Not so much because I was a kid last time I did Lego, but, but you yeah, can't remember back. Get what you're you have no memory of being young. You poor thing. Uh, I, Tell I, me what I did, you do. do. You go down and buy a Lego kit or an Airfix Airfix kit and put it together. Relive your youth. Yeah. But- well, I'm not that old, really. You could be doing that in between the uh, talks at the stands. And you can say, why are we doing this? Ah, I'm glad you asked. It's all to do with electronics. But you're putting a Lego kit together. Ah, that's what you think. I'm practicing for electronics. Okay, I officially lost it there. Thank you. There was a big uh, thing. There was a big um, travel suitcase sort of i remember from the in 1990s when i was a kid you know that that would have lots and lots of old lego in it lots of old lego pieces and there would be like a playroom or sort of thing and, and my brother and my older brother yeah. and me would sometimes go in there and play with lego <laughs> so yeah I, I do uh have a bit of a memory of lego um and and uh, have you seen a Lego movie or something like that whilst on the subject of Lego? I no, haven't no, seen no. it, but, but there was stuff like that more recently as well. Have you ever done uh, Airfix kits, stuff like that? You know, airplanes sticking them together from plastic bits and gluing them together? Not really. I'm not, I'm not really that uh, hardware. Well, it's not really hardware, but, you know. Yeah, I know what you mean. Stuff. I usually ended up with a big pile of glued plastic at the end. But still... It's enjoyable to do. The results may not be perfect, but still enjoyable to do. That said, I did live in the middle of nowhere, so entertainment was <laughs> was very restricted. Yeah, well, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's all changed. Well, now now entertainment is basically electronic devices. I'm talking people in general here. You know, the like book, the books get read, but. You know, it's mostly phones and stuff now. That's what how people entertain themselves on TV and game consoles, and it shows how things have changed over the years a bit. The whole action Indeed. man or all, all these toys that people used to play with—it's not really, it's not really played with as much in general. It's, I mean, the shops still sell toys, but it's not—it's uh, kind it of depends. gone out a bit. It depends. Never really played with action man. It was a bit after my time. Why have I so many leftover capacitors? That's a question. There's no found them, found them, found them. Don't panic, everyone. Don't panic. No, I didn't play with an action man either, but you know, there were there was stuff like that. And I was thinking of it, and obviously, there's still Barbie around for the girls and that, but <laughs> and the boys, yeah, you got a Barbie doll, haven't you? Can that you play with, yeah, the kid don't see it. I don't personally see a lot of difference other than marketing between an action figure and a Barbie doll. You know, if you take Ken apart, strip him down, and take Action Man apart and strip him down, what basically are you left with? Marketing and gender stereotyping. Well, yeah, well, yeah, well, to an extent, but yeah, it's true. It's an action figure, are... not a doll. Gender stereo, yeah, gender stereotype and all that's all part of it. 
That said, when my son did dress up as a fairy when he was younger, I was concerned about um, about uh, you know that he would be picked on and teased. But to be honest, not really. It was cool. A fairy with a sword seems absolutely fine to me. So have I put these in wrong? No, one o four, one o four, and there's one left. One o two. Yep. Cool. Uh, tip to everybody following along. I should have probably done the um, capacitors, the ceramic the the ceramic capacitors first, as they're a bit smaller than the transistors. But you live and learn. Anyway, yes, gender stereotyping, gender. Um, bit of a different subject, but but I mean, yeah, a lot of stuff it is, is it based is. on on gender with clothing as well, and and just in general. If that's how it should be or not, that's just in their own debate because people are people at the end of the day, aren't they? But a lot of it, society is gender this, gender that. I saw a thing here, I don't know if it was in the Dutch news, where they went round and priced, um, you know, a haircut for men was cheaper than hair, the equivalent haircut for women. And uh, shampoo bottles with exactly the same ingredients were, were priced. That was a price difference based on gender. But yeah, I guess that's just marketing people will pay but um yeah we get political now shortly but on this network there are only two types of people well i should have said one zero types of people but it doesn't really work in audio hackers and those who have people who've done a show and people who have yet to do a show do you, <laughs> do i will now be pausing now little bits while I'm soldering so do you, do you, hang on do you know why I go into what you just said or I don't, or I don't really care <laughs> don't tell me you haven't done a show after all these years Seb I only, eh, I only came on the New Year's show a few years back because it was popped up no actually it was Fizzleware Bill Gordon who mentioned it somewhere and I thought hmm um, that might be uh, let's see what that that's about and then it was like you're part of the HPR New Year tradition now. We can't go on without it, you. Well, it doesn't mean I've done the show though. <laughs> yes, I've show. noticed that. <laughs> nudge, nudge, hint, hint. And I've also already told you. I think even in person, have we met in person? I'm not sure. I don't think we have actually. I think we did because I was at the. We've definitely passed each other because uh, I've been at Fostem and I've been interviewing <laughs> on stands where you've been. You might have passed me or something. I, I know you like interviewed in the on the Magia stand, but that wasn't me, <laughs> as an example. No, I would have known if it was you, in fairness. I would have known if it was you, in fairness. But yes, you could do a uh, show on Magia. I've often thought. I've even told you before. I'm not look, as dude. If somebody can, well, here, look, we're now having a show about me filling in resistors on a PCB that nobody can see. Seriously, people will listen to anything. I'm not really interested in Majira as much as I was a few years back for, because Why of is that? reasons. But why what's up? Can you say? Um, well, I technical mean, technical or personal? A, that should be enough. Probably personal to an extent. Well, yeah, probably more personal, really. And plus, I feel that it doesn't. Um, I mean, there's lots, lots of distros, and this one great. It carries on the whole Majira legacy and. It's all volunteer project, democratic, um, voting on who's leader teams and all the rest of it. But at the same time, I personally feel that it doesn't um, actually innovate in certain ways. It doesn't really innovate. It, it's just one of those distros that takes upstream for the most part, um, rebrand, re, which rebrands it, puts in some changes, and 
keeps its old tools alive. Some of them need updating. Like the installer could really do with an update. I mean, <laughs> the one that really gets me in the installer as an example, it's only a little thing to be fair, but it does show that it's old software that could do with an update actually, because um, even now, all these years later, it still it still mentions Yugoslavia. That's just one example, but <laughs> but it just there's only a few people actually can can actually work on the install. I think there aren't that many actual developers who have the technical knowledge to actually work on the installer properly, from what I remember. Um, but yeah, so it, it, yeah, it's just I mean it releases and it comes out with new versions. And I've got a laptop I'm trying to set up again because um, I've got it back with a new motherboard and hard disk and that. I was going to put Ubuntu on it, um, and I had a problem with 16.04 and that. Then I was going to put my Geo mm-hmm. f- 5 onto it as well. But to be honest, I'm also mostly using uh, mobile phones now, or or tablets, or possibly mini PCs, or I will be once I've got that GPD pocket properly set up with Linux as well. Okay, so all of those are very good shows and, as well, you know. So the, the, the desktop and the laptop, it's like... I don't really need one personally for what I'm doing most of the time because I'm not actually working in tech as well. <laughs> so, you know, I, yeah, I do Can email, I, I do music. I do, or what you work at? Uh, I'm not actually working at the moment as well, but that's a, <laughs> a, a okay, well, yeah, okay. I'm going to call it a night, guys. Have a new year, and can I uh, think about doing a, a bit scope bit? Jello, it was, thank you very much for all the help. It was genuinely helpful. There, even though you were throwing you're very welcome time. But yeah, have, <laughs> yeah. Have, do have a think about that because it would be uh, a nice one you got your arduino because we can put the code up and then people can follow along um because i remember when i did my engineering degree that we were showed the oscilloscopes and really it just went over my head i had no context at the time for what i was doing yes i was able to fill do the exam and stuff but i didn't really understand why i was doing it yep right cool all right have a good night. Talk to you All later. Right. Live long and prosper. Okay, night. Happy New Year. Dang, the whole Happy New Year. I forgot about that. Also, the other thing, actually, we're talking about working or... Well, let's, let's, I'm going to talk Linux, open source, this kind of stuff. I, what I've noticed as well is that, quite simply, if you want to actually work with Linux or open source, and I'm talking about something good with it as well, it's going to give you a good wage and, you know... I think, generally speaking, you have to be quite technical. You have to, not necessarily a computer science degree, but you know, you've got to really know technical stuff. And then, oh yeah, there's stuff you can do. Because every now and again, on the Linux user group, for example, I've seen it in the last, you know, few years when I've been on there. Every now and again, the emails come along, and it's like, hey, there's a there's a job going in uh, this company in Bristol, and. And it's going to give you all this money per year, and we need to know this and that. And I look at those every now and again, and I think, hmm, yes, in a different life, I, I, I would have done that possibly, or I could have been able to have done that because I would have gone to university and I would have had my computer science degree and I would have done this and that. But you know, that didn't happen. So, I, so, so no, I don't end up doing that. Basically, well, can I stop you there because? As somebody who has employed people and occasionally is asked to recommend people, there is one thing that every employer is looking for. And I'm talking about the engineers here. And the EEV blog did a very good, uh, way back a few years ago, uh, topic on this. It is not about how many degrees you have. Yes, you'll need that in order to get into the 
past the HR department and all the rest. It's not about what you can do. It's about your enthusiasm and your ability to learn. These are the two things that will always make you an outstanding candidate. And I would always recommend somebody. Yes, this person has got, and there have been cases where we have hired people where somebody has got a master's degree in a thing and we have hired the less qualified person or the person without a degree but has some experience and it's all come down to enthusiasm at the end of the day and if you're not working in a company that uh, appreciates enthusiasm in their employees you don't really want to be working there either that's all i got to say about well 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 yeah i mean to some extent that's true actually with tech as well that you may not actually have that computer science degree or whatever it is but you may have actually self-taught yourself at home a lot and then you can be like look i actually did this website or i worked on this project i did this Absolutely, i did that yeah. and you can kind of, you can that's kind of show that you've done or that or equivalent means when they say blah 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 degree or equivalent and a lot of the times so, yes. if, you, if you go in and you apply to the job and you say look um, I'd love to do an interview. I understand I'm not uh, qualified for it, but I really appreciate just having a look around your place, having a talk with you, and maybe there's work experience that to be had, or maybe there's whatever. You can definitely get your foot in the door. People are, because it is so much easier to help somebody out, no matter how slow they are at learning, it is just so much easier to help somebody out who's willing to learn. God, it's, yeah, you have no idea. Possibly. Also, did somebody else just turn up? Or did I imagine that? Did I see Clacky? So, so far we've got C-Prompt, Hunky Magoo, Mr. Jackson, Nerd, uh, or McCuddy, Operator, ah, there, Ross, uh, you, and Steambot. And me, of course. Everybody except E... Yeah, I think everybody is muted except us. Except for the bots. Well, let's see. The Americans who are usually on here, well, they, um, <laughs> you know, they've had their new year now. So they are either, uh, some of them are probably very drunk right now at, you know, the early hours in the morning, or they have possibly collapsed somewhere and got some sleep. And that's probably basically it. And that's why they're not, they're not on at the moment. I mean, se- although actually it's not that early, is it? Seven something in New York. Yeah. But for these people. Yeah. But it uh, all depends on whether they've got a day off or whether they're going to... Oh, I wonder, is the HBR New Year show going to start? I remember how one year I kept it going for good. Was it 16 hours afterwards? Remember that? <laughs> yeah, I was very impressed with that. <laughs> and it was mostly me as well, because then I disappeared, and somebody popped on, then we did it again, then then they carried on, then I got went got went to sleep as well, and, and then I think it went on a good three hours or something after that as well. Well, I'm going to keep it going until I have this transistor tester put together, and then I'm going to stop. Well, I'm going to be less involved. And right now I have all the surface mount components in, all the resistors in, all the transistors in, and all the uh, ceramic capacitors. Well, I think I'll do the electrolytic capacitors, which are polarized. So we got to be careful about that. Uh Haha. Yes. Anyway, you said you were impressed that it kept going for so long. You were generally oh, impressed with that, were you? Yes. Well, because it actually has carried on for so long, suddenly. <laughs> I was like, to, the New Year show is slightly different to um, your regular HBR thing. And I was, in the beginning, I was a little wow. bit, um, yeah, I, thinking it's a quote, waste of shows, unquote. But it doesn't, it actually is Bill's community. So that's 
uh, Kevin pointed out that. So yeah, it's a it's a different beast. And once my brain was able to accept that, then I uh, and also the fact that I'm not actually responsible for posting it or shouting this. And we had a th- I had a thing where it would be posted immediately afterwards, but people don't seem to mind if it comes out in April or February or whenever. So yeah, chill out, man. Chillax. Okay. I do actually think that it should come out as soon as possible, personally, after, afterwards, gen- generally speaking. Then I but, strongly um, recommend I will send you the files and you can edit it. And I'm especially not it there, but yeah, I, I know. Especially the show notes. So they who uh, put yeah. up, shut up. I, I know there's like a lot of editing and show notes and stuff to do as well, so it's not quite as simple as just putting out straight away. But, no, um, it is not. Yeah. There's a lot of work involved in it, and I'm so glad that uh, Hunky has agreed to do it, or if he hasn't, I mean, we'll, we will do it. But um, it's uh, I tend to be a little bit more brutal that I'll just split the whole thing up four hours in I mean, and forget sh- about it. I mean, the show notes, is that you just throw and put more stuff Clacky. in the show notes and then release it, yeah. Well, this year the show notes have been brilliant, I think, down to Casper from the uh, Alien Brothers podcast, I think, has done a lot of show notes. So that makes think, it a lot easier and a lot nicer. Yeah, this Casper who's been on, um, he's been uh, brilliant as well because he's been putting music into the show at times as well, Yes, which was actually quite nice with his guitar and stuff. Well, he's in an illegal alien, as you know. He and his alien brother are from not of this world. He's not on. I notice he's not on this thing anymore. But oh well, not even in here in the. So the long lead of the capacitor is the positive. Well, I didn't hear some of his stuff, but I believe he did a Ken song or something like that. Well, I'm sure you'll hear it later on. Oh when God! You listen, when you when you when, when you listen to through. <laughs> He did like a. This is what happened when Ken is not his song, if I remember correctly. Now, I think Ken could be a soundboard. You know, just oh, you owe me a show. Why don't you do a show about that? Oh, I didn't hear you doing a show about that. I very nearly put my capacitor in the wrong way around there. That's because you're distracting me. I hear the BBC are going to uh, lock up their website without that. You can't get in without a postcode or without a license number. I did not hear that, but um, on really? iPlayer, yeah. But, I, uh, well, oh, the iPlayer, not the news website, just the iPlayer. No, just iPlayer. Well, they, I mean, the, the whole you know, the UK's got the TV license, which is basically to fund the BBC. So yeah, yeah, it seems reasonable, but unfortunately, there's no option to pay for that license outside of the country. That would be nice. Well, well, true, but there are ways around that outside to be outside the country and still get yeah, the, on. You're not really meant to do that, but you know. Well, on the other hand, a lot of cable networks carry the BBC, so you know you could say, "Oh, well, you're not meant to do that." But Norwegian TV make an, make a conscious effort to make everything that they produce uh, they release it under a Creative Commons license with the idea that they're spreading Norwegian culture. So, you know, you could argue that as a service to the British Empire or the British people that you would release the British programmes to the masses. Well, I didn't know about the Norwegian thing. That's interesting. Uh, BBC has, well, it's got, you know, shows like Doctor Who that I'm, I never really go into that, but it's meant to, you know, it's meant to be really popular. And Just because it's popular others. doesn't mean it can't be free. I'm I'm top, playing devil's advocate here slightly, but yeah. And Top Gear used to be really popular and uh, things like God. that as well. But it's that money as well. And you, but yeah, um, gen, gen, did you follow Top Gear? 
Not really. I mean, I watched, I watched some episodes here and there. I never got into that properly. Watched the re- uh, the comeback series for a bit yeah. as well. They're on Amazon. Have has many people moved to Amazon to watch it? I assume that quite a few people probably did did go and get Amazon to watch it actually. But now all these other shows as well. So you know, there's so much TV in the UK you can watch on TV and so on on these things. True. True. Of course, if you had a satellite dish and were living somewhere that could pick up the signals, they're all unencrypted, free to air. So there you go. But that would probably be breaking the law or something. Well, yeah, so I moved into this flat and had to obviously sort the TV license stuff out. But but yeah, I mean, you could it, this, the, the satellite dish will just pick up whatever anyway. But they know if you're not watching it or apparently you're not watching it with TV license. Yeah. Basically, I think they dump a database of every house in the in the country in it, and then subtract people who pay their license from that, and then work with their way from there. Because there's no way to tell now if you're watching TV or not. Back in the day, you sh- you would be able to pick up the um signal, uh, the frequencies of um the CRT. I was asking somebody in work to do a show about that, but uh, he ran away screaming. Okay, what's next? I think the crystal. The crystal? I will put in the crystal! <laughs> My wife's looking at me funny. <laughs> she said, my wife come on earlier, or, did, or for a bit, I thought I, or was that just in the background? I thought I heard nah, something. she's just in the background, teasing me, slagging me off. What do you want? I've already you should get your show. wife to come on to the show, oh, or show at some stage. Uh, she will be on at some stage, and you will be sick and tired of hearing her. When this project goes, yes, yes, dear. Whenever we get it finished, and you can bring your kids on this year as well. It seems, or maybe you did, and I missed that. No, they haven't been on, guys. Yeah, they're busy playing something. I'll we'll see if they can come on. Believe me, we've got lots of time because I've got this. Uh, I'm nowhere near finished this, so you don't have to stay on. I will just continue waffling here, and then it'll seem like I'm. No, no, no! I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bit bored anyway, so I, I will oh, stay on for a while. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> no, I meant I'm not doing anything as such today. There's no plans as such. Ah, good. I should have actually put in this crystal first because it's a lot lower down than the component that ne- that's next to it, and its pins are a little bit bent. So we shall see. And also, the guy mentioned when he was doing the video that. You should really have the crystals up a bit because the tin case can short with the pads. And uh, so we'll see how we go here. Okay, pads are straightened. And I need some sort of tweezers. Yes, I had to buy tweezers as well, of course. Because, yeah. I thought I had to buy another headset maybe, but then... Uh, yes, I, I like, think you do. Well... Maybe, maybe I do. I don't know. How how good is this coming out or not? At the moment, no, it's actually. fine. It was brutal uh, earlier on when you had the um, back uh, when the back feed was coming in. But you got that sort. Yeah, because there was no he- because there was no headphones in. Yeah, but no, these, but I was going. Fine. These are fine. Yeah, but well, I was going to. Um, I thought, okay, HPR show. Um, I want to use probably my laptop again. I want to set my Linux up on that laptop beforehand. Well, because I don't want to be sitting there on Windows again. Oh no, because I did that before. I remember doing that. I was sort of doing it from my laptop, and um, and I was like, hang on, I moved to a new flat. Uh, have I got my headsets? And I thought this like a good two a month or so ago. You know, I was like, um, yeah. Have I have I got my headset? 
So I looked around for a headset, of course, like you do, and it's like, oh, um, I think it's actually at the other house. At the house, um, I don't have it here. Um, so like, right, I guess I'm gonna have to check the other day around Christmas time, you know, for that. And I was like, right, I'm gonna have to buy a new headset, I guess. I was like, right, I can buy one off Argos and have it delivered down the road to the Argos down there. That's what I was gonna do. But then I was gonna go to Asda anyway, get food and so on, you know, like yeah. do. And and I thought like, oh, actually, I could probably buy one in Asda. Uh, Asda's like a supermarket. Oh, oh, yeah, you don't have them in Ireland, do you? Well, I know um, what an Asda is because I. It's like, but, um, but there are people from yeah, the states like, who wouldn't know what an Asda is. Well, no, but they know what Walmart is, and and it's like the equivalent of Walmart basically, but in the UK. It's called Asda in the UK. It's not Walmart, but it's actually the same parent company. I think Walmart own Asda as well. Yeah, that's what I heard. Uh, so it's basically as it's basically Walmart, but in the UK <laughs> with a different name and probably maybe a bit smaller. But but yeah, I went. I went so I went to an Asda at the and um, I looked at the headset section. They had a nice little leak from the snow the, the night day before in the ceiling, whatever that was. And it's like yeah. gaming headsets are thirty something pounds, and I thought, right, yeah, I expect to pay about thirty pounds for this actually. But I looked around a bit, and there was some other headsets, and it said PC headset, and it was about seven pounds, which is quite cheap. But I thought, hey, it's Asda, isn't it? Polar Warriors, and so I thought that's probably what I want actually, or that I can save some money here actually. So I bought I bought the uh, that headset, and then here I am on. Uh, you know, what is it, the night before this Plus thing starts, you know. the New Year show, yeah? Yeah, something, something like that. And I've, I actually open it up, take the plastic, you know, cut, use the scissors, get rid of the plastic, and guess what I found out? Tell me. Well, I was hoping to buy a USB headset, you know, the, the USB yeah. that you that you just put into oh, the Oh, they were USB like the three-pin... Well, it's it's like a, yeah, it's a, it's the, I think it's, it's the old, older style, isn't it? The port, yeah, the audio jack, the ports, the you know, that the old way of doing it, isn't it? And yeah. I thought, well, well, my laptop probably doesn't even have these ports on it. Let's check that. And yep, there's no ports for that on there. So there you go. Oh dear. I suppose that's what cheap means then, huh? But I did say PC headset. You know, I'm sure other people could have made the same mistake. You just you still just think it's going to be USB, don't you? How much was that? What did that cost you? It was quite cheap, though. It was I think it was about seven pounds. Like That's if I still expensive that. for a USB headset for like a. No, it wasn't. Ones. It wasn't USB. It was a. It was with the. Yeah, the even a uh, thingy headset. I would say that's quite expensive. If you go to the action here, you can pick them up for you know three or four euros. I don't know if that's as, well. I don't know if that's really expensive, but you know, generally speaking, if you buy a, a headset and. Any of these these shops, as the Curry's PC World or any of the stuff, you're probably talking about thirty quid usually for for a, a good a good enough one, really. So I thought compared to that, that's actually cheaper. But then I find that doesn't have the normal USB on it. Oh dear! Right, I'm doing the chip holder. Getting a bit tired now, actually. But Plumble works on the Android Plumble free. Although you have to drag me into the room because I could really could not connect myself. Just drag, couldn't drag myself in for some reason. Oh, okay. But still, you're here now. That's the important thing. And then, 
So here's a good one, actually. So yeah, I, I, I was setting up this laptop, as I mentioned, I believe. So yeah, you know, you do the Windows first, because that's always trouble, as I'm sure you know. <laughs> the updates take ages, something goes wrong, possibly all that. But so yeah, new hard disk, new motherboard, put back to Windows 8.1 by the uh, yeah, HP or their partner company really could sent sent it off actually. Um, so I did all that upgrading it back to Windows 10, which stuck ages because you know it's Windows, um, and did the updates there again, all this stuff, and then I was like the other, the other night I'm doing other stuff as well. So the other night I'm down like okay, I can put Linux on here now I think. Um, and so I'm trying to do it again on the, like, um, two nights or night before the New Year show, I think it was, or something like mm -hmm. that. Um, and, and so I'm, so I put, I put, burnt, downloaded the, the, uh, 16.04.3 ISO. I put it onto a USB stick, a Toshiba 32 gigabyte USB stick that was meant to be new from Curry's PC World, actually. But anyway, I put it on there. And I burnt it, and there was a few issues with that one or something. It didn't quite work correctly. I had to repartition. I, I used another USB stick. I mean, it wouldn't. Yeah. The first one that didn't install, it didn't put everything on from the ISO properly. The second one did, but um, when I loaded it up, I had to use Unit Boot and I tried that as well. But I loaded it up, and I got Grub coming up from the USB stick. Mm -hmm. But but when I try and load up Ubuntu, it's going black screen, and it won't go any further, basically. I'm wondering yeah. why that is. I mean, I disable school boot on the laptop. I'm thinking if I need to disable something else, like fast boot, because I'm, or something like that, because I don't think I did that this time. I don't know if it's, you know, I don't know what, what my problem is quite. Oh, hard to know. Worth a try, though. I think it's in the past to disable fast boot as well. But I was looking around the BIOS. Maybe I need to do that. But but you know, you want it's annoying when you can't install Linux, isn't it? Because of some silly reason. But it used to work fine on that laptop, no problem. So I'm wondering what I'm doing wrong this time. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to know with those biases because every computer is going to be different, you know. Yeah, maybe it's just fast boot, but I think I'll have to try again later on, really, because, you know, I don't want to be sitting there with Windows 10 and that's it. No way. <laughs> Not on that laptop. Um, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm generally thinking, actually, that with my GPD Pocket, my uh, Ultra Mini PC, one of them, whatever, that I might just actually do it now and just actually let delete Windows and be do gone you have with a, it. Because... Do you have a link for that GPD Pocket thing? Can you pop that in the show notes? You can, uh, well, you can buy. I'm soldering. If you could do that, that would be handy. Or no, oh, you're on your phone. Yeah, okay, hold on a second. Yeah, good point. Well, let me see. GPD Pocket Golf Papa Delta. Yeah, yeah, GPD Pocket. That's another device I will be setting up. And I would recommend anybody who who think who wants a small. Oh, laptop. those things! They are cool. I sh I really lusted after one of those. One of the guys in work was going to buy one. Yes, I got I got I mean I got the GPD XD with um extra space because when I sort of crowdfunded that I mean they'd already sold it with less space. I got the GPD Win as well, uh, which uh, <laughs> the Windows 10 didn't last very long on that before I kind of corrupted it because of actually there was a bug in the factory set, so I did the factory yeah. set and it basically corrupted it or something, and it just happened to other people as well. So the DPD Pocket, I no actually it was okay on DPD Pocket in the factory set. 
I locked myself out of windows, but I know there's a way to get around that. But I'm going to basically be um, taking putting the actual GPD version of Ubuntu on 16.04 on to GP Pocket later on sometime because they actually, when it was crowdfunded, well, I'm going to say last year now, 2017, mm-hmm. when it was funded last year, 2017, uh, they Yeah, you need, to, uh, you need to keep saying it a few times. What's that? The, the, the yeah, yeah, the last year was 2017. This year is 2018. <laughs> Only just, but yes. Uh, so when I crowdfunded it last year, 2017, uh, they... Uh, sorry, I didn't crowdfund. I didn't have money to do it at the time, so I got it later on. I got some extra money. But anyway, they they were they were crowdfunding it, giving it two options: the Windows 10 pre-installed, or the Ubuntu Linux 16.04. It's a GPT version. The hardware is slightly different, so it has to. It's not a standard Ubuntu. It's slightly customized and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. And and um, I got. I know it said later on that they would release release all the firmware to the community for the Ubuntu and also Windows. So you could if you got so you could switch it over to the other other one basically. And so it doesn't so after this they only now they only sell the Windows version. Anywhere that anyone who anywhere that sells it only sells the Windows version. Oh, why is that? Why is that? I don't know. I guess they've just sort of given up on the Ubuntu one or or it's because you can put it on yourself anyway, even though you've got the win the one that came pre installed Windows like mine. And also that apparently the GPT version of Ubuntu isn't as good because of how because of how they've done it. I read somewhere, but there's also a community doing like there's a seventeen point oh four version under the community. There's a seventeen point ten version being worked on, I believe. There's even things like Mate, uh, sorry, Mint, Mint. There's a Mint version unofficial. There's a I think it's Manjaro Linux, whatever it's called, Manjaro M A N J A R O. Yeah. Manjaro, it's a Narch-based Linux distribution. There's that under the community as well. So what I'm basically going to do is I'm going to when you put the Ubuntu GPD version on, it will wipe out Windows anyway. It will take up up the whole hard disk, and that's that. There's no option to, to change that. I read somewhere, but that's fine. So I'll put that on, try that out first. Uh, uh, you have to do it from a computer over the USB, but. I'll pull it on, try it out first, and then I'll probably be like, okay, this is quite nice and this is good. But yeah, I may, I may just upgrade to the community versions of 17.0. There's a lot of videos on YouTube, like sort of how you do it and stuff. Some very, very good YouTube videos for this device. And and then apparently with community versions, you can dual boot with Windows, actually. Um, but I, I may or may not do that, depends. I'm just a bit... I'm just a bit frustrated with Windows again, you know, I've just been doing stuff with a laptop, things not quite going right away with the updates. I even had a weird issue where on that HP laptop it was not um, logging in for a while properly. I was getting a blue screen of death, I was getting it was getting really slow and it became okay. Oh, you know, Windows is the hassle, I'm sure, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I have to run Windows for, so I've been here 15 years now. But you have or haven't been running it? Have not. Because, you know, it's a hassle, yeah? Yeah, I mean, I don't need to... Yeah, I presume so, but I would probably have the same problems if I was installing uh, BSD or Solaris or uh, something else. I don't know. No, no, I I think think generally that Linux is actually 
much more reliable in that sense because Windows, it, you know, you've got the issues with the updates and then the rebooting and then the, it's also going to potentially get viruses a lot easier. And, well, it's going to get viruses a lot easier. That's another, that's a side point. Whereas as we all know who are <laughs> going to be listening to this, uh, that, you know, Linux generally works better. It's more reliable. It's more stable. It's more, it, it's got better performance. It, you know, it just generally works better. Technically, it works a lot better, yeah. but obviously, but obviously certain programs can be lacking for it at times. It can need Windows or whatever for, but that's a side issue. What did you say? Just soldering an LED. Uh, but all your arguments could equally be made about Windows, you know. It's by and large. The only argument that can be made for Linux is that it's free and open source software. Well, you know, the counter argument can be made. Look at the heartbeat bug. Look at all the things that have come out. There's been a lot more targets on Linux recently than. Uh, I mean, Windows so saying that Windows Windows has done an amazing amount to make their software secure in the last period of time. So you can't argue. Been, with that. Well, it, well, it might be a bit more secure now, but it's still going to get viruses easier. Although, although Windows isn't completely bad, or not everything, and and that's actually kind of shown by something like React OS when you think about it. The kind of open source version of Windows or whatever, whatever that is meant. Well, you know, it's been in alpha for so long, but you've heard of that one, haven't you? Yes, I've interviewed them twice at Boston. Yeah, yeah, true. They've done there the last two years. It was, it was kind of funny though, well not funny, but I remember going to that stand that Fosdem, I believe it was last year, or maybe this year, that it was 2017 or 2016. Right? Last year either way. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 or the one before, you know, and I I went around there and, and it's like, oh cool, yeah, okay, Raptor S, cool, we've got a stand and all that, yeah, 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 I've tried that on the Raptor machine, I've known about that for years. And and he was they were trying to show you Microsoft Word running in React OS really like working properly and things like that, and it's, they got a laptop to test the program, and so I went onto the computer and I was like, um, hang on a minute, this is basically crashing straight away, and it's like, oh, um, yeah, let let let's just uh, fix that um up a bit um, but yeah, I mean it's a nice idea otherwise because it. Or would be if only it could run more Windows programs. It shares a lot of code with Wine apparently now, to it or to an extent. But you know, if it could run, if you could have, if if you could run lots of Windows programs, these are in Wine and well, not hit and miss, but I mean, just generally it works. Ninety nine, you know, most stuff just works. And the same with something like Reactor S, and I think that would be good. But neither of those things are quite there yet for that. Yeah, but they're also always going to be chasing the uh, chasing a moving target. So. But it's actually they're always chasing a moving target as well because it changes. But I think the Windows Linux thing, the battle is over at this point. The war is over. There's a few battles left to fight, but essentially Linux is won for now. And then something well, else will come along. Well, it's won. You could say Linux is. I would say that Linux has won pretty much every other uh, technical area that matters you know supercomputers the servers the robotics the nasa the all that kind of stuff the the mobile phone even if you include android underneath that then it's definitely one the mobile phone and tablet as well or, or enough so uh but obviously there's that one area where it doesn't lack and i'm sure you know what i'm about to say <laughs> without even saying it but i will say it there's that one area where it doesn't hasn't won for various reasons, and that is, of course, the desktop computer, the standard laptop or desktop. Which is my point. No, I, I disagree. 
you have more Chromebooks being pushed out every year. They're all running Linux kernels. And then you are seeing that on the desktops, especially where I work, where there's quite a lot of developers, that they tend to be running uh, either macOS or Linux. So uh, some, of, some of them are using well, version of Windows, but the point is the battleground that we have been fighting so long for, so the desktop is becoming more and more niche as time goes on. As you say yourself, you're, you're now recording this on a mobile device. All the people who I, were trying, who I was trying to convince in my family to use various desktops or whatever, they've all switched to move in Samsung Galaxy tabs. So they're all running Linux. But you also have to think about that it, most of the people don't care what platform uh, yeah. they're using. They mostly just care about the, the, the applications that they're using. Because even even in the Linux world, like most of us um, will run anything from Ubuntu, Debian, and Arch Linux to you know uh, uh, Red Hat uh, uh, RPM based distro. They're all relatively different, and they all have their own things. So granted, Linux is the underlying thing, but it's it's all it's all completely different the way the, those systems run. But it's you know it, they don't, and most people don't care. They just want their apps to be able to get them as fast as possible and get them running. And then you have people who don't care at all what the underlying pinning is, and who just want to run their apps. And those are the people who usually they got Windows with their computer, and then they have the applications that they need or want, and then that's the end of it. No one, no one really cares about what the underlying system is, except for us, because we care about you know how things get done and we want to try to get them done the way we want them to get done we are the niche people that's but because we want to go that extra mile learn the way computers and systems work you know we we we're the people who uh who fight for for linux i mean there's no but there's no reason to i never understood the fight for the desktop because who cares you know like like you're it's it's we we're using this because it works for us and if they want to use that and it works for them, who cares? Well, I do care because, well, I do care when it comes to me personally, because um, when I went to work right. and they, I said, guys, I would prefer to use a Linux desktop. And they said, okay, use whatever you want so long as you can do your job. Okay, that's fine. And that's what I do. Uh, I use the Linux desktop. It doesn't affect me. If there's any problem with the software, I need to fix it and I'll fix that on my own time if I can. So, yeah, everything's hunky-dory and you, I just the only differentiation, the arguments for running Linux versus Windows versus Mac is kind of what you're familiar with. It's your own personal preference, but the differentiation between all of them is not that they've all got a good security model or a bad security model or the software is whatever, because you're going to have bugs in every software, every piece of software. The it, the only differentiation between this piece of software and the other piece of software is the license under which it was released. That is the difference, and it's and the more I think about it, the more important that becomes. That that is the differenti differentiator, and that's all I have to say about that. Really, it's uh, yeah, yeah, and I, I I definitely can't argue against that. That's for sure. Um, with with me, it's mostly just workflow, and I really exactly. don't have have the patience anymore to uh, deal with. Microsoft's licensing, which is the the biggest reason why yeah. I got into Linux, is I don't want to deal with all of like I'll, I had no problem paying for Microsoft, 
I have no problem. I I purchased I've purchased a uh, Windows XP and a Windows uh, Seven license, but Seven is where I I draw the line. I bought a family license so I can put it on my wife my uh, my uh, mother in law's computer and then my wife's computer, and I've used it for uh, for uh, helping other people out because I'm not gonna get to, I'm not gonna win that battle with them. So I don't even I don't yeah, even bother exactly. trying. So it, it with 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 me the biggest thing though is it's you know it, it's it differs obviously from person to person it, with you it's the licensing with me it's just workflow I've gotten to a point where I can if I can put a mach- set a machine up I don't care what the back pinnings are and put enlightenment on it I'm happy as a clam yeah but my point is I... if you look back here right, you're saying the reason you're doing it is workflow I could argue with you any number of engineers where I work, that they've got a workflow based on their operating system or based on the system that they've developed. And uh, for them, that's as a valid an argument to use Windows, as a valid an argument to use Linux, or as valid an argument to use BSD. It's, but the thing that bites them in the butt is, uh, is the thing that Flatu mentions is where they suddenly change it. And that is at that point where the license kicks in, because it's at that point that Project X is forked off and people continue to develop and operate and whatever, and you can continue to maintain your workflow, whereas other people are then forced to adapt. And here is a point that if I had gotten on probably at an earlier moment, I would have loved to have talked more about. And if you listen to Linux Slugcast, I've probably brought up several, several, do, several do, times. <laughs> As the battle for the 32-bit, what the hell is going on that everyone's dropping support for 32-bits? Granted, the just the epoch, other day, I, guys, it's the epoch is coming, the end of time. But it's it it's not like it's not like there's anything wrong with 32 bit. It's not like 32 bits like broken. Why why are you dropping support for 32 bits? Because Which, time's running out. But we need a, we need bigger numbers. But there's still 32 bit machines out there. Why not just leave it? Th- leave support for it. But I did the other day find a um a fork of Arch Linux called Arch, uh, Arch Linux 32. So other people are, you know, keeping the hope alive. I don't think anybody's, yeah. I don't think anybody's forked Ubuntu yet, but I'm, I'm slowly just migrating all my systems to, uh, Debian systems because I feel like Debian is going to be reliable and keeping with, yeah, uh, exactly. 32. They, will, they, they, they uh, my headphone fell out there a little bit, but, but, but um, okay. So yeah, the third, uh, the, so I missed some of that, but yeah, the 32 bit thing, um, I mean, the old the old thing actually with Linux. One of the old things, a classic line would be this. Actually, Linux worked much better with all the hardware, or Linux breathed life into all the hardware. That was a you know the classic selling line of the past, and and a bad it, one if you don't mind me saying so. Well, well, possibly, but that, <laughs> but you know, you know what I'm trying to say. But obviously, with the 32 bit being dropped by a lot of distros, you can understand to an extent why they want to do it. Or I, I mean, I can understand definitely as somebody who actually does. I said I'm not as interested in Magia earlier, but I do actually still. I'm still on the various mailing lists, so I get the I see various emails here and there about what's going on, the packaging and the quality assurance and the all that kind all that kind of stuff. So when you follow a distro like be it Magia, be it Ubuntu, be it whatever, if you actually follow a distribution closely enough on its mailing list, like I've been doing with Magia for the last well, years now, um, you know that actually there's a lot of there's a lot of effort, there's a lot of time, a lot of it takes a lot of people to actually make this stuff happen. So you have to package stuff, you have to support stuff, you have to do quality assurance to make sure it actually works and is 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 okay for the public and all the rest of it. So you have to test ISOs. In the case of Majir, I mean they were test they still do test all the ISOs manually. There's no automatic testing here. It's done on a small quality assurance team. 
Alpha 1, Alpha 2, Alpha 3, Alpha 4, all this, but Alpha 1, 2, Beta 1, 2, but, but there's all the internal ISO testing as well, and the updates are tested, it's all tested by people manually, and so you can kind of see some of the ISOs did get dropped recently, well, the last two years, because it's like, do we need... Back in just two seconds. Like, slightly different example, but it was like, do we need a GNOME or a KDE uh, in... 60 in 32-bit and 64-bit now when it was like well Glenn kde has got a bit more bloated now so what we'll do instead is we'll drop we'll drop the right. ICDs but we'll have this XFCE we can look on the ISOs yourself but that's one example but um but yeah it's got a, suddenly an XFCE ISO appeared into the mix instead because that would work better with all the hardware so that's why that was done but what I was going to say is 32-bit and 64-bit. I, I, I think that, yeah, generally speaking, 32-bit should still be supported, I, I would say, under Linux, because there are actually quite a lot of 32-bit machines out there still, like you, you just said, Hongu, whatever the name is. But um, on the other hand, actually, you can sort of understand why they kind of want to drop these distributions, these versions, this architecture now, because, you know, it's like, well, it's 2018 now, actually. It's, you know, nearly 2020, and it's like a lot of these old computers that need really do need 32-bit are potentially going to not really be working properly in, say, four or five years. Although, here's the thing, my mum's got an old laptop from 2005, which is only 32-bit, and, oh, yes, that runs well with Linux still. I need to update that, actually. But so it's to do with kind of the future as well. It's and the effort and the work and it's like if only a few people use it in thirty two bit, is it worth still having ISOs? It's still worth uh, supporting that that, that architecture, or, it, or if it's only just a few thousand, it, you know, it's that's the kind of debate as well. But I think because it's Linux, there will be distributions that still support 32-bit for a long time to come, regardless of all of this. Just like a bit like, just like there are some distributions that refuse to go with the time to go with System D because they want to use the old thing. You know, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, but you're talking about like fork projects versus um, you know major distributions that have uh, a great deal more backing. I mean, like I said, there's there's an Arch Linux 32, but, you know, how long... You, you got to basically sit there and cross your fingers and hope that this team of, uh, of Arch Linux 32 are still going to keep going and uh, keep pushing forward with their fork well, yeah. of the project. You know, and, and that's and that's going to be true with, with anybody else who forks a project. You know, if... if I don't know. I, I, th- I think if, um, if more people were more vested in this, maybe they could have change their minds or swayed or something i don't know maybe, maybe they're just gonna maybe this the, the major projects are gonna do what they're gonna do and that's basically well it. but well yeah but i mean okay Magia, yeah that was that's not but you know that's what i was talking about as well but actually even the major project something like um about let's say kubuntu as you know a great prime example of, of what, what, what we're talking about really yes the Ubuntu are now we're gonna drop 32 but i read somewhere um, and you might think, oh, well, Ubuntu's got most of the desktop Linux users. Why why are they dropping 32-bit? There's bound to be loads of people still using 32-bit Ubuntu, and there probably are. But the, the, on the other hand, Ubuntu is, or Conical, I mean, Ubuntu is, <laughs> Ubuntu itself, the desktop version, does not make Conical money, really, or, or not enough. So um, they can't drop it, of course, because they can't, because that's like the base of other things as well. 
It's like they could they could drop the Ubuntu phone and the but and the and, and all that stuff. And they they're, they're, that. But, but they are, but Ubuntu but they is dropping thirty two. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And that's what I'm saying. I'm saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the fact that they're dropping it is going to mean that that's... all of their derivatives, which is in the freaking hundreds, I think. Well, I might I might be over speaking that, but the, you know, the many many derivatives are all yeah, going to yeah. have to drop it too. Well, possibly, but I, I think what I'm trying to say as well is that they're dropping it probably partly, really, because making ISOs sorting 32-bit, there's no money in that. You know, as a, as a company, as a, a Conical, there's no money for a start to just do that. And also, even as a community, that's just loads of more testing work and quality assurance and all the rest of it. And and they're probably thinking, well, we're going to have to drop it at some stage. It's a bit like the old, um, you know, the Windows XP argument, the whole... Microsoft were going to drop support in 2010, but then they decided that they would extend it by four years, probably because Vista hadn't taken off off enough and and stuff like that as well, really. But they did tell these enterprises, "We're gonna, you're gonna have to drop, we're gonna have to drop XP support, and we can't keep it supported forever." And that's basically the same with this 32-bit argument or any of these distribution projects. I mean, a lot of distros have closed down. Uh, there's been a lot of past distros that have closed down for various reasons, but it's not just that. But you can't. It's you know, it, well, it, makes, yeah. it makes it difficult to support the older hardware, uh, the older things as it as time goes on. It can do, and that's I think as well, which is partly why they're dropping 32-bit. I think some of these. Yeah, but the argument really... against that is they already a lot of the distros have already got 32-bit testing workflows in place that are rock solid over the years. Right, but but quality assurance testing and like I was talking about, you just you have to test all this stuff. It's more work. Yeah, but it's automated. The whole um... except for Magia, but that's <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but the larger Magia. distros, which are the ones who are dropping stuff, have automated test flows, don't they? OpenSUSE does. Or, or, or part, or part the, or, yeah, yeah, or partly automated, I think at least. But yeah. I'm sure it's all compiled automated, but I'm sure they, you know, send it out to people for testing afterwards. Yeah, and, um, and I do think I was being a bit facetious earlier on about the uh, the the epoch coming in 2038, but there's still enough hardware out there, and people were supporting a lot weirder architectures uh, for a lot longer than uh, i32, and i32 is still around. A lot of them. My thing is, it's it's still all, all of my 32-bit systems still run just fine. I mean, they're like, I know they're older hardware with like four gigs of RAM and, you know, dual core processors, like, like 2.5 gigahertz dual core processors. But you know what? If I'm doing mostly desktop stuff, like uh, using the web or even just smaller stuff, like I have new audio editing on any of those machines without any problem. I'm not, I'm not uh, editing video, but I have edited video on some of my older machines. It's not, Great. I, I was using OpenShot, and OpenShot has been kind of flaky, anyways. But it's it still worked, you know. I mean, but it's there's I, I can't see a valid reason to kill them, you know. New and shiny. <laughs> the only the only valid reason I see is the twenty thirty eight thing, and we could start worrying about that in you know another fifteen years. Right. Well, considering all the all the OSs have already been patched to deal with it, so yeah. Wait a minute, hang on, have I missed something here? What's the 2038 thing? You know, the Unix counts up uh, every second since the 1st of January 1970 UTC is Epoch. So that's how Unix keeps its time. At a particular point, that's a 32-bit integer and that overflows. And that will happen happen on 3, 
14.07 in the morning of the 19th of January 2038, which is a Tuesday. What, what and Unix will, it won't like it. Is that you saying that's a spike? Well, it will go back to calendar. 1970, like everything does. So if you ever see a file date with uh, 1970.0101, that's what happened. The date hasn't been set. So basically, if you have a Raspberry Pi that doesn't have in, an internet connection, everything gets 1970.0. Well, I don't know if Raspberry Pi does do, do it yet. But they don't have a real-time clock, so yeah. Okay, real real time, right? Okay, fine. Yeah, but okay. So if you chain one of these devices yourself to that date, it's going to go back to 1970. And it's going to be stuck there, is it? Well, it can't deal with anything bigger than 1970. That's the point. The firmware on the machine has got is only capable of dealing with a number, and once that number reaches the end, it'll add a one, and then it'll go back to zero 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 one two three four. Remember the Y two K. Mess. Yeah, I was just thinking. Yeah, I was just thinking. In this case, it's a valid reason, and we've got 38 years to deal with it, or less. But 38 minus 17, 18 now, which is, makes it a lot easier. We've got 20 years to deal with it. All the OS's operating systems have already been patched, but it's at that point that the 32-bit chips become less useful, not unusable. It's just anything related to time keeping track of time related to years would be an issue. Keeping track of time related to time since that button has been pressed should not be a problem. Ah, well, well, oh, oh, do you mean, the, you mean the chip itself? So the hardware will kind of run out in its Correct. internal yes, clock or exactly. whatever. The, the inter- yeah, and then you can't reset that clock because it'll be stuck back on 1970 and that's it, basically. Well, you can reset it from any time between 1970 up until... Uh, the first, uh, sorry, the 19th of January 2023. That's not a problem. But anything outside of that could be a problem. You, know, you could always do the Microsoft hack, hack on it and say, well, if it's closer to 19, uh, split the difference. Uh, if it's, you know, switch everything around the year 2000 and say, well, if it's the year 2000, then I'll, I'll fudge it by adding so many days. But that doesn't actually matter. The the point is, if you look at an eight bit, com- uh, I don't know if uh, if you look at eight bit computers now, they're still in use. They still have a valid use. It's just not they're not maintaining date codes uh, related to this is the year. Or if they are, then you set it and it just goes right. Since I was turned on, I have started counting numbers, and you tell me that uh, I need to add so many numbers to this date. So you say it is the 1st of January 2018 and I've been turned on and you set the date to the 1st of January 2018 okay and now start counting and then you will be happily able to count another uh, 68 years without there being a problem I feel like um, I'm not explaining this correctly I, well maybe I, don't, I think I sort of understand but yeah and there's an internal clock in, in a lot of these things and and yeah when you like if you take your background yeah well, what happens to your what happens to your... Uh, you have a clock on the wall with hands on it, yeah? Yeah. Well, yeah, I've got clocks here as well. <laughs> I've okay. got clocks No, here. no, I'm just asking, do you have an analog clock on the wall at this minute? So what happens... I've I got... Oh, yeah, i got, I got... Well, I've got... Yeah, so I've got the 11.55 a.m., yeah. five minutes later, the clock has run out, yeah? What do we do? So the clock resets... It goes... Yeah, to, it resets, yeah, yeah. It starts resetting to 12 again. Yeah. So yeah. we in our brains automatically adjust and we go, ah, the sun is out. So it's 12 in the afternoon. So 12.01 means that's what the time is. Yeah. The problem is 
if you've got a like a digital clock that doesn't have AM or PM on it, and it says 12, you've got to ask yourself, does this clock do an AM or PM? If it's 11.55, we don't know what's going to happen on that clock. Because it's 11, you know, is it capable of displaying 12 up to 24 or 23.99? 24, let's be honest. You don't actually know what's going to happen. So with a 32-bit processor or 32-bit chip, it's only capable of counting up time to, say, midday. Yeah. And then at like, that point, like, do you mean like switches. if it? I mean, I'm using like an analogy it, here, yeah. I, 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 I know an analogy, but you sort of mean like in this case, if if the uh, for, if the clock can actually show the zero 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 with like midnight, or if it can't show that because it's going to go straight back to. So at eleven fifty nine fifty nine, there's no problem, yeah, on your display. Yeah, yeah, at yeah. Twelve zero zero. On your analog clock, it resets back to 12 hours before because it can only display 12 hours of information. Yeah. Same thing happens with yeah. the chips. They're counting from a particular point in time. Now, if you have a stopwatch that can only display 12 hours, yeah, that doesn't matter because somebody's running around the, somebody's running around the, uh, the track there. Yeah. And you press the button and it starts counting. That doesn't matter. So you have a, you can, regardless of what time of the day it is, you can still track that person running around the track. Yeah. Because you've got a stopwatch. Yeah. You with me? So they've yeah. backed, so long as that person doesn't run around the track longer than 12 hours, which is unlikely to happen, yeah, then you can happily continue to use stopwatches that can only display 12 hours of information. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now these clocks, the 32-bit ones, can only count to a number up to, what is the, what is the next decimal number is 21, what is it, uh, 1, Right, big number. A 32-bit integer is assigned 32-bit integer. Why they did assigned one is beyond me. Um, I did interrupt you, but I just wanted to. Uh, I hear, I'm hearing a lot of screaming upstairs, so I'm going to have to go back upstairs. Um, I just want to say happy New Year, everybody. Um, thank you for everything. Thank you for everybody's help this year. Thanks, Hunky, for putting this together. It's awesome. Well done, you. I I just love doing it, and I love I I I didn't get on this year as much as I would like to, but I just, I love, I love doing this every year. So thank you for everybody. I love it a lot more since you started taking over. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. The clock won't be able to show a particular hour or whatever after the last out, the last bit. Okay. So, which is the problem so, it ha- if you're so, it to re- so it has to reset back. In this case, it's not just a, it's not just a time. It's a year as well. So it's going to go all the way back to 1970, which exactly. I was saying, but that's what happens also when you like, you know, you've got a battery that kind of takes yeah, out exactly. of the lap- and that's why it or something. And that's exactly yeah. why it does that, yeah. But that's yeah. a problem. So Honky's point is like, okay, well, we have another 20 years useful life. So these 32-bit chips can continue to operate for another 20 years without it being a problem, yeah? And even after that, they can still continue to operate because so long as you don't care that it's 1970. What does it matter? You know, if your email comes in and it's 1971, you know that it is 2036 plus a few days. And you can always set the clock. Yeah, yeah. You can always reset the clock, um, possibly. You'll probably be able to do a hack where after that time you could reset the clock that'll display correctly because you go, yeah, take into account they, they, they flip, flip over, which is exactly what happens on all the XP machines. 
or Windows 95 machines is that they said, okay, yeah, after this time, we're just going to, if the number flips over, then you just add 50 to it and then you're done. Yep. So you may not be able to use them as easily for doing a clock, but you can still use those clips for doing stopwatches, for instance, to use my analogy. Yeah, it won't, it won't show the time properly unless you do a hack or whatever, or you don't care anyway, because it's 1971. I, I mean, I understand exactly. that, but so the, so the argument is basically it's going to work properly until another 20 years or so anyway. So in that case, let's keep 32-bit Linux going for another 20 years. That's the argument, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, that's the argument. It is a little bit premature, but then, you know, you notice here with Linux is that things go out of favor. There will be a few people who will maintain something. And then later on, something happens whereby suddenly it's really important that um, the code that those few hang stragglers on are maintaining suddenly becomes really important. Like, for instance, the ARM people who have been maintaining ARM or that all these small programs that have been running have made the Raspberry Pi possible because XFC still exists. And people go, no, we still have graphics processors and we're switching to massive desktops. And But these guys kept churning away, churning away, and churning away and ma- keep maintaining their products, uh, ma- maintaining their projects, I mean to say. And uh, then all of a sudden, a whole industry develops as a result of it. So, yeah, what goes around comes around, guys. That is one thing that I've learned in, in, in this short life of mine. Um, well, yeah, well, yeah, some of the old stuff is still going, definitely, and then sometimes it ends up getting used in something else, something modern in a way, really, but, you know, well, it's modern, but it's using old tech inside of it. That's true. Yeah, exactly. But that can happen. Well, it happens all the time. That's what's happening in your Android. That's what's happened in Arduino. That's what's happened in Raspberry Pis. That's what's happening in routers. Well, yeah, well, yeah they take things, they've taken old software, put it together, and all the rest of it. Yeah, but the point is, it's not all software. It is maintained software from an unpopular... It's software that's become unpopular. Like, the 32-bit stuff is not old software. It's as new software as the 64-bit stuff. It's just, it's not as popular. It's not maintained, or it wasn't as maintained. So, these guys wow. choose to maintain it. It is still... You can still buy, go out and get a brand spanking new 32-bit operating system, and you can take the source code from the Linux kernel and all the other software, and you can still compile it for a 32-bit system. It's exactly well, as well, new. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, well, yeah of course you can. It's, yeah, then it's, but, but yeah, it's like Marte is still around, or that's the gnome who are living on, and various things that are still around getting maintained. The uh, Bunny Touch on the UV ports, that's like a different thing, but, you know. So I'm now putting on terminal blocks on this thing. They're a bit askew, but I'm not going to worry about that. That felt a little bit like a lecture. Sorry about that. Uh, no, that's okay. Just tell me to shut up. Lots of people do. But, um, I'll, I'll ask one question, though, because you were like, in my short life, I've... <laughs> How old are you anyway? I uh, have 49 now. 49 physically, 27 in my brain. Right, okay. And I've... Um, yeah, 27 in my brain. It's kind of the ideal age. You're old enough to be taken seriously and you're young enough to still be young. Yeah. And I'm still get excited with cool stuff. That's the key. Such as? This. Soldering stuff. Talking to you. This is cool stuff. Don't you think this is cool stuff? Like, we're living in the future, seriously. Talking to me might not be so cool, but... Uh, <laughs> no, no, well, don't, put, don't put yourself down, dude. It's always a pleasure. The future. Um, 
we we uh well fact thing actually we're, no we're living in the present and actually yeah i mean if you go back sure if you go back to sort of the 90 if you go back in the time machine and sort of be like somebody right it, it, actually actually go and watch the new jumanji that's a good point go seriously watch take your kids and watch the new jumanji if you haven't seen it because there's a great bit nope. there with the mobile well no or maybe they find it too scary they find the lego movie too... too scary so yeah but anyway, watch it yourself or whatever. But um, it's a good bit there. Where mo- there's like a bit of mobile phones because he's like goes back in. Uh, he's, well, I don't want to ruin it for somebody who um, hasn't seen it or whatever. They might be listening to this later on. So I'll, I'll say it's, there's a line that's like, oh, mobile phones. Um, is that something different in the future? And um, <laughs> yeah, it'll make sense what I mean if you watch it or whatever. But, um, but yeah. So, cool. yeah, mobile phones were these big whatever in the past, in the 90s and so on. And now, look at it. It's smartphones all over the place. It's people are basically addicted. Like somebody said here earlier on HPR on the New Year show, people are addicted to these mobile phones. a bit like drugs in a way. Or it would be drugs, basically, if it was, you know. Um, and, yeah, mobile phones are so it's such a big thing now compared to what it was. Yeah, exactly. I remember... Um, um... Yeah, I remember when having the first mobile phone and lots of people saying, oh, what would you be doing? You'd never be on the internet like that. And now they're completely WhatsApping and I'm I'm the one who is not on the internet as much as them. But every uh, every year we go and stay in a um, in a historical village, historical reenactment village, and you can go as a guest and stay in the, um, they have a, a medieval area and you can stay up there. And um uh, last year, I happened to be uh, just working with a smith sitting there, uh, just listening. Basically, it's you know three dimensional YouTube because if I'm at home, I'd be watching uh, uh, forging films on YouTube anyway. But one of the guy was going, "Yeah, but it's uh, it's uh, we have it so busy now." And the guy was going, "No, you don't. Like they had it a lot harder, and we have never had as we a time where we have been more uh, more free time." Less things to worry about because we've got food on demand, we've got health, we've got shelter, we've got warmth. Um, it, it's just an amazing time that we live in, and probably should remember that from time to time. Well, it is to some extent. There are a lot of problems still, world problems and that. But um, yes, they are. That, yeah. but, but remember that a lot of these problems, big though they are, and they are. Don't get me wrong. There's fucking lots of stuff that we could be doing better. Sorry for for effing there. And I do tend to get a bit down about it myself, but it's still a very, very fortunate time to be living in. Yes, we could be cutting down on the carbon. Yes, don't get me started politically on all the stuff that we could improve. But when people say, oh, this is this is really a very difficult time that we're living in. Y- yes, it is. But additionally, we you're not depending on whether it's going to rain tomorrow to determine whether your crops are going to fail and whether you're going to be able to feed your kids for the next 12 months it's it's just a completely different um different different kettle of fish here in the first world i mean admittedly in other areas other parts of the world these are serious concerns to people well yeah and the homeless issue even in the developed world in various cities and, and and various things but um what i wanted to say as well is we're talking about the time and it's all like oh it's a great time now and and i've i mean i think about this myself here and there you know more recently as well it's like the internet you know, I mean, here we are on a podcast. You're in Holland. I'm in the UK, and we've had our American people on, and all the rest of it. And you know, if you go back 
to before the internet and so on and probably before phones a bit even before they kind of taken off as well but you know it would have been such a big thing oh you can suddenly talk to somebody across the other side of the atlantic wow exactly amazing and 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 now it's like it's just no big it's like it's not a big deal because we just got this internet thing and it's just like you know irc or instant messaging email Or 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 a pod or this voice stuff or whatever or webcams even you know you can, you can just you just do it now on the on the on the uh, internet and people just kind of take it for granted now and and for the most part you don't really you know think that much of it now it's just like yeah I can talk to somebody from America oh I can go on a webcam I can I can talk to them in text I can email them and you know but and that's the time we're in now. And also, even the whole internet in itself. I mean, if you go back to when the early, you know, the noughties, the early 2000s, the end of the 90s and all that, when the web was only kind of just hitting off, we've got dial up and all the rest of it. Now we've got really fast connection as a side point. But now it's, the again, the websites, you just go to Wikipedia and they annoy you and ask you to donate and stuff. And I get emails telling me to donate still because I donated once. But that's a side thing. You know, you sort of take the uh, web pages for interest, for granted now. You can just go on websites, and it and it's just, it's not quite as fun as it once was, really. And online gaming, possibly as well. It's like I don't really do that, but again, you can just play games with people online and stuff. Uh, whereas in the nineties, it would have been more like oh, dial up connection. Oh, also, oh, if I want to host a game, I need to disable my hardware firewall and open my ports up. Or they can't connect to me, and now it's it's just done better, and you know it's think signs have changed a lot in the last twenty years or so in that in that sense, and it's amazing really. And if we could, you know, if we could live for ever or for much longer, you know, you, then whatever, you know, we'd see so much change probably over the years as well, more so than we're gonna ever see, but. You know. It's gas. I was in the uh, hardware store the other day, and uh, a lady walks in and puts the phone down on the counter, and <laughs> and then some guy starts talking to the shop owner and showing them the exact thing, the the problem that they were having, and he, the shopkeeper was able to find the part based on you know somebody with a camera pointing at the actual physical thing, and you know that's just normal now. It's gas. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Oh, oh, and actually, uh, I've I'm <laughs> I've decided. Well, it's a little uh, helping the uh, older people with their computers or tablets group, which thing on Thursday morning that I've been going to at times uh, recently because of why I live now and stuff. And even there, it it, it kind of shows that the times are sort of changed or have changed because even the like forty plus, a lot of the old, you know, forty plus and pensioners and all the rest of it they are Forty you know plus is they old. are Thank you. no no i said i said 40 plus first because it's a 40 plus group that's what i meant anybody sort of 40 or over i should have been more clear but i'm trying to say and then i'm trying to say that the even older people the pensioners as well and all, and all that you know are, are um A lot of them actually using tablets and smartphones these days as well. Some of them more so comfortably than others, but it it's showing that even there that things are becoming more relaxed, I guess, Ubiquitous, or more, yeah. or more, you know, more like it's just a thing, and it's people do it, and and you kind of and I, and you think I've thought about this as well. So 
the people who are like you know twenties and thirties and well, teenagers and even kids now with all the smartphones, all the rest of it. It's like it's like what are we going to all be using in say when we're like pensioners or whatever you know it's like what 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 all these devices and stuff that we're going to be using you know it's like you can misimagine that i don't think we'll have flying cars quite but but you know I'm yes just, we do they're called yeah. helicopters i don't understand why people don't get this they're called helicopters well <laughs> but a way, it's a car maybe. you sit in there and you drive it yeah it's just hard to drive and very expensive but it is a flying car but but yeah, but anyway, I meant like tablets, phones, and all and all this kind of stuff. It's like, what are we going to have in the future? But when we are seventy or whatever, what you know, what's what's going to be there? Yeah, good question. I hope there is a future. Yeah, dinner's ready. Oh, okay. I'm going to have to pause this for a while. I'll uh, I'll be back. See you later. Yes, that's. See you uh, next year. Happy New Year if you're gone. Well, well, yeah, well, I'll probably leave it on, but I think people are <laughs> mostly gone at the moment. Okay, bye. But we'll see if we chat or not later. But if not, or whatever, Happy New Year, yeah. You too, cool. And uh, I hope to meet up at one of the events maybe this year. Maybe the one in Bristol or, or the dog camp, possibly, or there's. Perhaps. <laughs> Let's have a look. You're not, do- you're not doing Brussels, so. No, no, yeah. no. Not this time. Okay, talk to you later. Bye. Yeah, bye. Bye. Actually, yeah, does anybody just happen to be listening to this that's ha- that is around, I guess not? Okay, Happy New Year 2018, every- everyone. Gottnit or 20... Uh, oh, oh, actually, Swedish, yes. Thinking, okay. I speak Swedish, so let's get this year right. Gottnit or 2018. That's what it is in Swedish. Allahoppa! Which is everyone. Now the after show is pretty much over, I think. What's after show in Swedish? Hmm. Oh, I'm not sure. Um, after show. Oh, anyway, new air after show when over y'all four. Now the after show is over, I think. Or oh, pretty much. With no Casper or somebody like that to play some ending guitar music which um i will have to listen to on the actual hacker public radio uh new year show when it comes up because there's been bits here and there that i heard and then didn't hear and that'll be that'll be good um so yeah some people think it is fun to chat to themselves on a podcast which they assume will be uh, probably go up as well as part of something. <laughs> However, actually, this is not as particularly fun, and that is why, for this, that's very for that reason as well, I'm going to stop doing this now. Although, did, although, did I say talking to myself? Because actually, I'm talking to you. Whoever may end up actually listening to this, if anyone actually will. Right, I'm back. Now I have to put it in the LCD screen, the potentiometer, the power feed, the actual clamp for the components, oh. and the header and for the, he- the screen. I thought it was over pretty much, but maybe not then. Good God, no. This um, not stopping until this transistor tester is put together. Important differentiation there for people listening. Put together is different from working. Very little right, right. doubt. Very little doubt. <laughs>
this thing is going to work. Good morning from now, my She has a question. Now we've got my headset, my phone's in or not right now. Who was that? Who just joined? Yeah, Claudio M. It just All woke right, up Claudio a little bit ago. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year, Claudio. Have I got my Have I got my phones in or not, Ken? That's the question. I don't know. So how's so, life, uh, Claudio? How's life, uh, Claudio? No, you don't. No, you don't. So far, so good. It's funny. Uh, we rang in the new year. I noticed that the time was going by real fast. I was like, it's already one hour past 2018. 2018's flying by like I can't believe. So you were on the show last night, obviously. Say it again? You were on the show last night then, I guess. Yeah, I was on for a little bit just to wish everyone a happy new year. And uh, uh, my dad come over and it was just basically the small family get, get together and uh, rang in the new year and then uh, you know, danced a bit. We turned on some music and then we uh, we turned in for the night. Nice, 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 cool. So when is Link's Basement coming back? You'd have to ask chat about that one. When are you forking off your own show? The Claudio M show. Well, one of my New Year's resolutions is to finally get my butt back on track to recording episodes for HPR. Oh, you tease. Yes, I do, but I'm I'm looking to make good on my list. There you go, Seth. Somebody sending in shows, yeah? Absolutely. Yeah. I've got the rest of this week off as well before uh, school starts up again. So I'll have some time. Right now, I'm just waiting for the coffee to finish brewing. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and enjoy a nice, warm, hot cup of coffee with my wife uh, and uh, enjoy what's enjoy 2018. Good. Um, your audio is chopping in and out, or at least for me. Just as a by the by, and uh, I am currently in the process of assembling for the last essentially forty eight hours a transistor tester PCB, uh, the one that um, NY Bill suggested I should put together. So I will continue on being here until this is done. So yeah, I was going to ask you if you finished that actually. And, no, uh, as no, far it's not bugging me. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I just figured you were working hard on that one, so I had to ask. And as far as the choppiness, you can thank Comcast. Why are Comcast to blame for that? Uh, just because. Wow, that's not good. No, I hear it all the time from my kids, so <laughs> I might as well join in the fun. So what uh, What type and uh, how old are they? I'm sure I heard uh, before about They uh, are all boys. Uh they're all boys. Uh, my eldest is 16. Uh, he should be graduating. He's actually going to graduate a year early from high school. So he'll be graduating this year. Uh, my middle one is 13. And my youngest will be 11 towards the end of this month. Cool. And my stepson, who's the eldest of them all, <laughs> yeah. he is 19. Uh, no, my nothing to, I'm approaching that yet. Yeah, every so often I'll... Uh, Come across little pictures of my sons, and yeah, I get all nostalgic. Yeah, I like uh, drives my daughter crazy when I say you're this big. You know, do rub my hand over you know, when they were on my shoulder and stuff. You'll always be this big to me. Yeah, that's pretty much how it is. <laughs> Small and big at the same time. It's amazing. 
amazing thing of fatherhood. I don't, I don't think there's enough made up out of the fact they how important a thing it is, especially for me. I've always uh, felt that it's an amazingly fulfilling thing just being a father. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, there are loads of. Well, I always thought there are very few good songs about being a father, and those that there were were a little bit cringy, like "Hey Jude" and stuff. Yeah, it is true. For some reason, I don't know why, but I always think they're like country songs. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean, but nothing wrong with country songs, but just that style. No, not at all. As a matter of fact, my wife loves country. My youngest likes country, and you know, I listen to now and then. So uh, I have to ask, because Tattoo is not here, what type of copy have we got? Oh, he would cringe at what I got. It's not instant, so at least it's that. That's a, a good thing. Although, this is the guy who just commented on the show saying that he misses uh, gas station coffee. No, no, no. No gas station coffee for me. <laughs> I'll do McDonald's coffee, but that's I think that's as far as I'll go. And to be honest, taking it out of context, which I'd never do, um, he was referring to the nostalgia aspect as opposed to anything else, I guess. Yeah, the coffee I'm having right now is pretty much uh, supermarket brand coffee, brand X, I guess, if you want to consider that. Uh, it's actually not too bad. It does the job. Yeah, I'm partial to brand X myself. I have a cup of brand X right in front of me. And speaking of which, uh, coffee's ready, so I'm going to go ahead and take it in. Alrighty. And uh hope you guys have a good uh good time here recording and uh, happy twenty eighteen. Yeah, same to you. Say hi to all the family. Likewise. Bye bye. Cheerio. Okay, now I've got the power power cord, a nine volt battery adapter, and a uh can't remember what those connectors are called. Anyway, power connector. Ooh, it's getting exciting now. Just the potentiometer the component holder and the screen to go on. Gonna do the component holder, I think, yeah. And I'm using a Julian Elect tip for doing this, and that is use blue tack or white tack as the case may be, to hold the component while you solder it on the other side, which is kind of cool. It also stops the thing from uh, rotating around the place. And I'm using an NY build tip to put my project into a project box which has got lots of little components so I've had all the resistors in various different pockets and then I put blue tack on the top put the PCB on it and I can just attach the PCB and then move the case itself around so that's what I'm doing it's kind of cool this is immensely satisfying satisfying I must say I hope it'll actually work at the end so that you go could be getting coffee as well Let's see, these component holder thing pins are absolutely slurped on up solder. Clean my tip every so often. And as Mr. X says, apply heat to the base, apply solder to the component, withdraw solder, withdraw iron. Actually, I should put a link to the show notes of that episode. Hold on. Funny now, all the top links for HBR is coming up as archive.org. Probably because Google is uh, downplaying the SSL stuff. So, anyway, need to work on that, make sure that the website is up and running in SSL as well. Okay, HTTPS, TLS, buying, buying, buying. That 
It's on the 24th of the 7th, 2012. Wow, that's a while back. Just goes to show how long it takes me to get around to something. Okay, that's that in, and now I'm putting in the potentiometer. Some pin alignment has been required. Just spent uh, 10 seconds there trying to figure out why my soldering wasn't working, and then uh, realized I turned off my soldering iron. Okay, that is the potentiometer in. All that left, all that is left now is the screen. Before I do that, I'm putting on some little risers that are there. The active little feet keeping the thing off your desk, the PCB from shorting on your desk. Making sure none of them shorts anything out. That looks very close. Yeah, this goes to the end of one of the wristers at the top right hand corner. So now there are two uh, risers from the PCB, and there's a male and female headers. So if I assemble the screen on there, I should be able to fix it to the PCB with the headers. They're all over there. And then I'll just screw in the PCB and then solder it up and we're done. I'm not going to screw them fully yet because uh, I want to leave some slack for the screen to settle. Exciting stuff. Right, is that it? Is it done? Okay, tune in tomorrow for another exciting episode of Hacker Public Radio. No, I won't do that to you. I'll turn it on and see what happens. Right, that was an enjoyable experience putting this together. However, now I need to plug it in. And absolutely nothing happened. Ah! It's not working. And I know my bill will go, Great, now I can go troubleshooting, but now I'm going, no, I just want the effing thing to work. Nope, nothing, nada, dilly squat. What have you done wrong? Yeah. I'll check on the back here to see if there's any obvious things going wrong. Okay, uh, <clears throat> who's, who's here? Hey, hey this is Mongo. Hi, Mongo. And we've got three... Including ourselves. Yeah, I just woke up and got a cup of coffee. What time is it there? Uh, I'm in Texas. This is um, 8.45. So you got to bed quite early, didn't you? Well, after last night, yeah, I guess it's early. I normally wake up a little earlier than this. Ken, I heard you mumbling. you still working on that thing? Yeah, I finished it, but it doesn't work. Ah, uh, it's that bad solder joint you were talking about last night. There's been a few more of them since then. What's this thing supposed to do? Is it supposed to test just almost everything? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Is it supposed to, like, actually give you a value for resistors and capacitors and things? Yep, and we'll tell you what a transistor is or diode or diac or whatever. So I am actually in dire need of one, but uh, no, it's a bit disappointing to say the least. And I know when my bill goes, this is great because now you can go troubleshooting. Yeah, well, that assumes that you know what you can troubleshoot. No, you don't want to troubleshoot. You want it to work when you get it finished. That, <laughs> exactly. That, that, yeah. <laughs> that is exactly it, yeah. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense at all. Especially test equipment, you don't want to have to troubleshoot. No. I, I don't even know where to begin to troubleshoot, to be honest. Does it do anything at all? Nope. Because it could, it could also be a dodgy screen, you know, so. Screen? Has this thing got logic? It, uh, it oh, talks yeah. to you? 
It's a it's got a nut metal in it. It's a Arduino based device. Oh wow, that's um... yes, indeedy. That means it's got a post or something when you power it up, and doesn't even do that. Nothing. Well, I guess that's the place to start. Uh, that you're either this computer doesn't come up or the uh, the screen's bad. Mm, well, can I check either of those things? Now I've got a big pile of dew on my hand. Yeah. Hashtag disappointed. Nice now if there was just something very obvious that I was missing. Plug it in and trace the voltages, I guess. I don't know about voltages. Um, I mean, if it's the, the screen's not there, it's that's the kind of thing you replace. Uh, uh, what is this thing to have? Uh, is it HDMI or something that you can just look, plug in a different screen? No, it's uh, there's a link in the show notes to the to a guy putting the same video in, and it's a little onboard screen type thing uh, with uh, eight pins on it. So check and see if there's any current going over there when I do plug it in. That'd be a thing, I guess. Yeah, and and you can check voltages. I mean, voltages uh, aren't that hard to check, but then you you, you, know, you got to do your find your pins and figure out how to get your little contacts in there and things like that. So um, on a lot of little stuff, it's easier if you can plug in a different component that does the same thing that. Uh, that's oh, the way yeah. I would, yeah. Normally, Absolutely, I'd be but I don't. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. have that option right now. Yeah, that's what you have to have. I'm just looking at the PCB design. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, six, seven. Seven also goes to eight. Eight goes to ground. So presumably, pin one. Sorry, pin one goes to ground be a 22k resistor so presumably if there's voltage getting that far if there's current getting that far or voltage yeah voltage there's power getting that far then if i leave it on the first pin and then go to the next and the next and the next maybe something well let's just see shall we yeah i suppose you could uh, measure voltage across that resistor while you're doing that i'd like to tell you how much i appreciate what you do for uh, hpr um one of the things I enjoy most, um, I probably listen to one or two episodes a uh, per week, and then after I, I listen to y'all do the uh, the monthly roundup, and you make enough of them sound interesting that I end up having to go back and listen to. I, I take notes while y'all are talking, <laughs> and I go back and say, "Oh, wait a minute, is that what that is? That title didn't work for me." And I I go back and and I enjoy you know another four or five. Um, shows uh that way that is actually great to hear i was i was hoping people would do that that's kind of the point of the show cool no good to hear yeah yeah i mean y'all y'all are just kind of talking about them but you obviously listen to and take in every single show and uh yeah it's not that hard to do um not when you've got a three-hour commute every day <laughs> oh my god right there is zero current going anywhere on that uh header for the screen. So I guess, therefore, that it can't be the screen, which is actually good. Because I have some chance of having the other components. Okay, well. Yeah, that actually probably does make it a little easier. Yeah. Mm, okay. No in my bill, I still don't think this is fun. 
No, you're right. I agree with you completely. I used to do uh, component level uh, repair of, of things back, you know, very long time ago when people actually did that. And no, it's not that much fun. Okay, so there's no current going through there. There's nothing getting to the screen. So what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Let me see. Well, I'll just trace it down, I guess. Can you read the PCB then? Oh, yeah. Because there's a link to the PCB in the show notes there. I can throw it in the mumble. Oh, okay. I'll just run and get my multimeter. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Uh, I'll paste it into the mumble chat. So there she goes. Actually, hold on, let me... Uh, <laughs> I rotated it by 90 degrees myself, just made it life a little bit easier. So, current comes in there. Goes up there. Goes to a transistor, a 9012. The thing about once it goes to a transistor, I have no idea if there should be current coming out of the transistor or not. Should I be did you using... Did it, what? I said, did you populate that entire board, or is this the board that you started with and it already was a computer? Uh, I This is what I started with. I scanned this physical thing. It is this physical device. And the back of it, I have mirrored... 90 degree or I just flipped it over so that um, the traces on the back match up with the with the top yeah so, I have I ha I used to do that kind of stuff um, my my degree was in uh, computer hardware uh, and back 40 years ago for, oh well more than 40 years ago <laughs> and we actually had projects like that in, in classes or because the idea was to learn how to fix computers and so we had to start by building uh, things from circuit on circuit boards and stuff wow yes okay so let me see where is this that is that side so this is this side what's best to continue continuity tester or a voltage meter i don't even know what the the tools i have right now are a voltmeter or a DVM, and I have a bitwise scope, but I have no idea how to use that either. Do I just solder some stuff and hope it'll work? Is your voltmeter a, it's a digital uh, voltmeter? Yeah, DVM, I can do volts, amps, and uh, that sort of thing. resistance, and I've got a continuity tester on it as well. Um, do you have something to check diodes or transistors with? Will the, will the DVM do that? Or, I mean, can you put it on uh, like the old, the old meters, no, you could no, that's check. That's what them. I was hoping uh, this thing would do. Oh, hold on, maybe I have a crappy meter that might do that. Hold on one second. Yes, as it happens, I've got a cheap meter that's got a um, uh, resistor checker, or um, which would have been handy to do before I solder them and put them in. Yeah, checking uh, components after you, they're while they're in circuit, you have to look at your circuit and see what are the other paths. Uh, for that electricity to come back to your meter so you don't oh wait this is great it's 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 working and it's not going through your component instead it's going around a different path and that's the problem with that yeah but it could even be the um arduino chip not working i would say start with the assumption that the components themselves are working and check go back and check that you've got that everything is there um since this is a first time, this is the uh, did it ever work or 
is it broken uh, test. And since this one hasn't worked, that would be the first thing I would do is not don't assume I've got a bad component. Um, so try to find that out now that it's in soldered in. Instead, go back and check your work. And that's really just a visual. And if some of the solder joints look dodgy, just touch them up. Um, yeah, if it's all possible, you can test the test them electrically. Um, I've always found that the ugly solder joints are probably not good um, for the the very low voltages that you get, and I mean the it, probably low currents rather than voltages, but the very low currents that you get in this type of of circuit. Um, it doesn't take much of anything for it to to not work. Do you use any kind of a flux or anything on your solder uh, to make it flow? Yeah, it has the flux core, and uh, for some of them I used uh, flux to make it flow down. Yeah, I find the, the flux core doesn't help a lot because you end up having to, to melt a, an inch of solder to uh, to get enough to, <laughs> to really clean a, a joint, so you're better off touching a tiny bit of uh, actual so I always keep a can of flux and touch that up and uh, that way you don't over you, you don't need to put too much solder yeah well it's a little late now ah this is annoying it's also possible I heard you talk about using the surface mount things those are very some of those are just very very delicate uh, it's not impossible to uh, destroy them with with your solder if you if you're if you're getting them too hot uh, because you're having oh, problems right. with oh, the solder, so you just keep messing with it, uh, you can destroy a diode or transistor. Yeah, I've definitely done that though. Because I was there for ages trying to get it right. Yeah, that is that is a danger with uh, messing with them, uh, unless you let the component cool back down before you mess with it again. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put this into a plastic bag and send it to NY Bill and say, okay, smartass, you get it working. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds sounds good. You enjoy it so much. I'm just gonna go out and buy a new one because I I did enjoy the the um, through hole components, but the surface mount stuff was not fun. Would have been fun yeah. if it had just turned on and worked. But alas, pin the cast. Yeah, surface mount stuff is not for people to to solder. They I I've never actually done any except once or twice. Uh, uh, doing some things a long time ago, but uh, you know the through the yeah, like you said, the through hole stuff that uh, is uh, that's not hard to do. Well, I'm afraid I spent enough time at it now today, so I'm gonna have to go do some stuff with the kids and stuff. So that's that. Alas. Well, that sounds like a start the new year off right. Start the new year off with a massive big fail. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, with the family. Doing, doing, you know, being a, this year I'm going to be a good father. Oh, thanks very much, yeah. yeah I've, I've, I woke up this morning still plugged into this thing, and I was like, what? Huh? <laughs> you know, I was, I don't, I don't actually remember what time we stopped talking last night. Well, when I stopped talking and, and, uh, and came to bed. Guys, I'm going to have to go back and listen to the show, because, uh. Yeah, I'm just going to try plugging in some uh, another power supply. There's two ways of powering this thing, so... I... Yeah, let's try that. I remember when I came off last night, or this morning. I don't remember quite <laughs> falling to sleep, though, but yeah.
Well, I guess it's probably time for me to get up and and walk around and see if anything's going on too. All I did was go to the kitchen for coffee, so uh, uh, I oh. guess I'll call it a date myself. Yeah, this is <laughs> this is over really, I think. But unless something pops up, but whatever. Yeah. Um. Yep. On the power supply, I'll try that. She keep turning up the power until it starts working. <laughs> I remember a uh, when I was in the army. There was a, I fixed electronic equipment, and there was a guy that uh, we had a had a tape recorder that came in to be re- repaired, and uh, it was blowing fuses. So uh, one of the other technicians, not me, put a Phillips head screwdriver in the uh, the um, in the the fuse holder and just turned on the power Ouch. and watched the smoke, and then. When it stopped smoking, he just unplugged it and then replaced everything that was burned up. Uh, he had lots of patience. Uh, it was, I guess, troubleshooting wasn't his strong point, so he just, but he could replace things, so uh, that's what he did. It, it actually worked. Okay. He, he got it working. <laughs> he just ended up replacing a lot of all, a lot of the uh, the components and and pretty much all the wiring. Well, okay. I'd not recommend it for for your device, though. I, I'm not sure if that actually works for. This is not a solid state piece of equipment. This is uh, an old. Uh, a lot of uh, my experiences with um, that kind of stuff. A lot of it included uh, vacuum tubes. Yeah, that's a lot more resilient too. <laughs> so even though I did train on repairing computers, I never actually got around to doing that in my career. So it's uh, funny how you. You go to college and learn to do stuff, and then you start looking for a job, and you end up with something different. And uh, so I wrote uh, software for, ended up writing software for about six or seven years, and then uh, I was basically a server administrator for the rest of my career. Well, I did more or less the same. Started as a mechanical engineer, and then got out as quickly as possible. No, that didn't work either. Right, I'm going to just leave it now for now and take a break. Maybe come back. I'll get an inspiration. Well, good luck and happy new year. I guess I'll check out too. Okay, let's call it a halt, guys. You have been listening to the Hacker Public Radio 6th Annual 24 Hour Plus Show. And seriously, thanks to everybody who uh, took the time to join. And thank you all for listening. And thanks to everybody who uh, put the... Um, who did out the show notes. That is absolutely awesome. They look a lot better than they normally do. And it was fun again. Or was it? Being on this or listening to it? I am gathering all the chat logs, so I'm kind of busy doing stuff. One second. So, yes, thanks to everybody for joining, and uh, thank you to Taj and Hunky Magoo for the Etherpad. Uh, K5Tux for doing the Etherpad restore and all that stuff. Kevin Wisher and Chris Fish for the stream. And thank you all. Tune in tomorrow for another exciting episode of. This is where you go, hacker. Hacker. Public radio. Oh, 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 oh. Should we call it a day? She's gone. That's. I think. Well, you mean close the whole lockdown recordings and everything? Are you still there? And yeah, thank you to whoever for making this happen. Thank you to whoever for making this happen again. 
Closing, closing, closing. We're going to close this down. I think. Yeah. If anybody turns up on this later on, oh well. Because all this stuff is over and really now. Bye bye. Ken, are you still there? Yes, I got it working. Actually, no, I didn't. <laughs> anyway, thank you, everybody. That's it. It is now 1615 on the 1st of January 2018. Happy New Year to everybody. And thank you very much for everybody for joining. That's it. It's officially over. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website, or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.